All right, greetings. Welcome in. Better's Last Stand. Matt here with you. Uh, solo again. I think this might be my last solo show as some of the guys may be interested with the thing called football that's starting up tomorrow. Um, we're hopeful that some of the guys will be back here giving you their input and analysis. But until then, uh, it'll be Sam and I today. Uh, Job may be here, but he's got a lot of other things going on right now. So he's trying to get some other duties taken care of. He was going to join us today to give us uh, some of his insight into the UFC card this week. But, uh, you know, priorities, that's how it works. Anyway, uh, we'll try to get you through, try to get you some winners. Uh, talk about last week, talk about MLB trade deadline. Uh, football, as I said, uh, starting up tomorrow with the Hall of Fame game up in Canton, Ohio. Then we have uh, CFL. CFL will be in week nine this week. Talk a little golf action, the Wyndham Championship. Not a great field, but not terrible either. Big three, uh, week seven here. It's the final regular season week. They actually cut down to a few, uh, cut a few teams who are uh, ineligible for the playoffs already. So they're starting to whittle that down. You got one more week after this, and uh, then they into their finals. So um, winding down with that too as football approaches. UFC fight night. I uh, was going to talk about that if Jub was here, but if not, I don't have a whole lot to lend to that. But we'll uh, briefly touch on last week's UFC 291. Um, then we'll talk racing in the last segment of the show with Sam the Man from Upper St. Clair. We'll have uh, F1 is on their summer break, so they get a few weeks off right now from traveling the world. I'm sure it's nice to reset, get your body clock back where you live. Uh, it's probably a, a nice thing for those guys. So they'll be back here in a few weeks, and they'll head to uh, to the Netherlands, <laughs> where Max Verstappen is from, and he will likely dominate the Dutch Grand Prix as he has uh, before. So uh, we got that to look forward to. But this week we got IndyCar at Nashville, and we got the NASCAR boys are up at Michigan. So uh, exciting race card. World Cup soccer underway. Got AFL action right round 21. We're winding down there. Only about four weeks left. And then they'll be in their finals. So playoffs approaching in the AFL, NASCAR, um, Big Three. So a lot, lots to talk about here. Um, and then we'll go over uh, a few other things in the news, uh, sports-related. So let's not waste any time. Major League Baseball trade deadline was yesterday. If you're listening to this show um, on Friday morning, it was three days ago. Um, winners and losers. Um, I, I don't know if that can be assessed immediately, but some of the teams that you think – we're probably going to be buyers ended up not buying some that you thought were going to be sellers ended up not selling. So it was, it was definitely an interesting day. I wouldn't call it uh, super exciting from the side of a lot of big pieces being moved, but nevertheless, if you have a team in the fight, you were either very happy or very sad or a little bit in between. So uh, I, I think the, the highlights probably Verlander and Scherzer on the move. Uh, Scherzer moved uh, actually before yesterday, but Verlander moved late yesterday to the Astros. It's a, there's a big shift there. Gives them uh, now a second ace. They got Framber Valdez. Now they got Verlander back, and we know how he performs in the playoffs. So you have to expect Houston to be a serious contender. They're built to win games like 4-3, uh, to three, those kinds of games. They don't have the greatest lineup, but they have some really – timely hitting players Altuve Bregman uh, Jeremy Pena last year I mean uh, Tucker to an extent uh, and, and then of course Jordan Alvarez packs a, just a wallop in the middle of the lineup so you know the Astros can never be uh, counted out now that they have an, another arm to rely on they really needed to get a second guy 
to, to be able to uh, go one, two with Framber Valdez. And now you have some other guys that can now turn over to the bullpen and, and give you innings out of there. So the Astros rightfully so took a little, uh, you know, slice down. I think they're around six to one right now. That makes sense. Uh, I think in the, in the American league it's going to be a tough, tough league to get through. You have the AOEs, which is loaded. Um, and you have uh, the West is pretty good. So it, I, I don't think the Central obviously is going to do anything. So that's going to be basically like a freebie. But, uh, you know, the American League is going to play much more difficult than the National League in the playoffs. Uh, I don't think any of the National League teams did anything enough to to move the needle past me thinking that the uh, that the Braves and the Dodgers are the two best teams. I don't love the Dodgers. I don't love their pitching at all. Uh, they tried to add, add Eduardo Rodriguez yesterday, but he vetoed the trade some for some reason. I, I cannot understand that, and uh, to me, that just says you're basically a loser and you're, you're afraid to pitch in the big spotlight, and you'd rather just stay on a bad team. And, and that's to me is that basically just tells you that a guy uh, went from money to the place that he's at, and he doesn't care about helping another team. He's not concerned about his own image. He's just. He's a coward, basically. I mean, that may be a strong word, but uh, he he doesn't want to pitch in a in a big time spotlight game or series. So he had, he he vetoes a trade to the Dodgers. This is bizarre to me, but it's also bizarre to me that a guy of, of just marginal talent like him, be he's left handed, but he would even have a no trade clause in his contract whatsoever is just astounding. And it shows you in our world today, you can't upset anybody. Everybody's got to get their own way. So anyway, hope he's enjoying Detroit. He beat the Pirates today, which that doesn't say much. But um, yeah, Braves and Dodgers still the top two to win the World Series right now. Uh, I, I got to agree with the Braves. I don't really, like I said, I don't love the Dodgers pitching. So I'd be a little bit concerned about that. National League, um, it, it, to me, is almost a two-horse race. I just don't know if anybody else can threaten the Phillies. You'd think they have the lineup, maybe, but I, I don't love their pitching. Um, and I know they, they made a couple acquisitions. They got the kid from Lorenzen from Detroit, but he's not going to be able to pitch in a big environment. I, I just don't see that being a great move. Diamondbacks uh, made a few moves. I'd like to see them hang around, but I don't think they're good enough. The Giants are a team I thought that if they could have made a couple of moves at the deadline, that they could be contenders because they play so fundamentally sound. And like him or not, Gabe Kapler's done a pretty good job once he's settled into this role as manager. Uh, good pitchers park. They can win low-scoring games. The Giants don't beat themselves, but I don't. I just don't think they're going to have enough lineup-wise and maybe at the top of their rotation, uh, especially when they go on the road. Padres are the team, though. Uh, they ended up standing pat. They didn't They didn't unload resources. They, they kept Snell. They kept Hayter. Uh, they kept Soto. So they're 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 making they actually made a couple of acquisitions. So that that to me told me that when they swept Texas over the weekend, their guys said, you know what, we can still uh, if we get in, we're dangerous. And I agree with that. So Padres were a team I was pretty high on at the beginning of the year. Haven't been impressed with them so far, but a team like that, they're hovering around, they're hanging in there. It's a tough division. If they get in, they're going to have a really good chance um, to to make some noise like they did last year. So Padres right now to me intrigue me a little bit in the National League just because of that. They're 20-1 to to win the National League, and I don't think that's a terrible price. Because of their bad start, everybody thinks they suck, but they don't. They have they have a really good roster on paper. Um, if they can get it hot, stay hot right now, they just beat, you know, swept Texas, who's a really good team. Um, so I, I think the Padres present a little bit of value in the National League. Other than that, I don't see a whole lot. Um, Phillies are 12-1. to That's too short for me. Brewers 16, Giants 14, just too short. 
maybe the Diamondbacks if you really, and then the Reds maybe twenty-two to one. I have no faith in the Marlins. I know they acquired Josh Bell. Um, I just don't think the Marlins hit well enough. I know he may help that a little bit. They're, they just and their bullpen to me is just not the back end of their bullpen is is not uh, that good. So uh, be major passers on the on the uh, Marlins. The Brewers pick up uh, Mark Canna and. Uh, they got. They added another bat too. I'm trying to think who it was. Oh, from the Pirates. Yeah, Santana. Duh. Uh, Santana and Mark Canna. Neither one of those guys. Santana actually is a pretty decent acquisition for them. I think he he's the kind of guy that could hit a big home run in a playoff game. So I like that acquisition for them. Mark Canna. He's he's warning track power at best and and just not very good. Just a another guy the Mets wasted money on to bring in they thought was good. He's he's a he's a fourth or fifth outfielder if you ask me. I think he can play a little bit at corner infield maybe too, but not not a very good player. Just way overpaid and uh don't th- expect him to do anything for for Milwaukee. Shifting over to the American League uh still absolutely baffles me that the Tampa Bay Rays are favored to win the, the American League. I don't, I, I don't think the people in my profession, apparently other than me and some others, watch these games. If you watch Tampa Bay play over the last month plus, you can tell there's something wrong with that team. Their team is not getting along. There's issues in the clubhouse. I detect this team is tanking. And the only reason that they're winning right now is they're playing New York. So uh, they're they're not going to win the the Nash or the American League. I can guarantee you that Tampa Bay will not win the American League. Somehow they're favored. It, it, it's mind blowing to me that they're they're ahead of the uh, Astros right now, and and that that's just that's just insane. So uh, I would not recommend a bet on them at two two and a half to one to win the American League and five dollars to win the World Series. I. There's no. I'm not sure that there's more than five teams in baseball that they could beat in a seven game series right now. The Pirates will probably be one of them, but they're they're not a team that's playing well right now. Uh, they have they need a lot of work, and I just don't see them rediscovering it. And they're in a very tough division. Uh, you know, it, it, playing the Yankees is one thing. The Yankees gave a listless performance last night. They are absolutely finished. They 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 are a laughing stock in baseball. How their manager and how uh, Aaron Boone and, and their general manager Brian Cashman keep jobs every year is just ridiculous. It's they literally like bank robbers. I don't know how they can possibly hold employment. Uh, they they've defiled that organization. They're not even a contender. They're not. They didn't even make a move yesterday. It shows you how bad they think they are. Um, they have no shot. They're they're absolutely toast. And uh, and Tampa beat beat up on them. That's not saying much. Tampa's still gonna have to deal with Baltimore, Toronto, Boston, and that's not going to be easy. So I have zero faith in the Rays. I've been saying it all year. They were dressed up. They're frauds, and they are performing like it. So I highly recommend not betting them, but if you if you really like them, go for it. But the price is not where you want it to be right now. Um, they are uh, just way too low. Texas 3-1, to one, Houston 3.5-1, to one, Baltimore 6-1. to one. Those are the teams that you probably want to be interested in. Baltimore adds Jack Flaherty. He's not an ace. He's not really a number one of any kind. Um, he, he's an improvement for them. So I'm not disappointed in that regard for the Orioles, but I do think that they really screwed up by not trying to get Verlander. They should have tried to get Verlander and Flaherty. So then they have a one and a two. And if they had a one and a two right now, I'm telling you Baltimore is a legit contender. And as much as I like the Orioles, you got to be realistic. I don't think they're going to have enough pitching to win the World Series. Uh, Cano, the, his arm slot is there's a problem with him, 
And uh, you know the bullpen's still all right. It's still pretty sturdy, even even you know with him having some struggles right now. But they don't have enough front end pitching, and I don't think they're going to be able to outslug teams. And uh, I, I love the team. They're playing well. They're enthusiastic. They're they're just it's, they're really really fun to watch. But they're probably a year early. Uh, Gunnar Henderson and and uh, Adley Rushman are going to be two of the top five players in baseball here before too long. Both of these guys are like generational talents. And next to Otani, uh, there's nobody that you will see that is like worth the price of admission any more than those two guys. So uh, keep an eye out for them. They're going to be MVP contenders, both of them, uh, very soon, which is probably going to work against them because they're going to split votes. But two absolute studs, and they got plenty of other guys that are, that are there too that are really, really good. Uh, but I just don't think they got enough uh, arms. I mean, Flaherty would have to return back to his near side young uh, from you know caliber from about three years ago, he's been hurt since then. Had some arm problems, so I don't think that's going to happen. But you never know. Uh, maybe you know Gibson or uh, Grayson Rodriguez is a guy who's a, was untradeable for the Orioles. He's one of their top prospects. Hasn't panned out to be uh, as, as consistent as they want him to be, but he's working his way. I don't know. He's got electric stuff. If he can stay with it, maybe he. Uh, lucks out and wins a couple of big playoff games, but I just don't think they got enough to get it done. I would say Houston and Texas are the teams in the in the uh, American League that are dangerous. I think Toronto could be, but they they even concern me a little bit pitching wise. I I don't trust their guys in big games, and they played a big series with the Orioles, and that's a good sign for the Orioles. The Orioles had big series in Tampa; they won three or four, and they're going for a sweep uh, or at least three games. I think they play four with Toronto, but they 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 beat Toronto the first two nights, and they're going to play them again. I, I I worry about Toronto's top level pitching in big games, so that that's a little bit of a setback for me. I would like to see them add another arm, but lineup wise, they can match with just about anybody. They added a piece of the ball. Pen. They got Paul DeYoung in case Bo Bichette's out. So they, they have some depth. They got a good team, but not sure they, they can get it done. The Red Sox team I'm disappointed in. Um, I actually had that down as a bad beat. Yankees and Red Sox fans did nothing. Just when's the last time those teams weren't involved in some some heavy uh, you know trade deadline talks and, and neither one of them make any big moves. And I know the Red Sox are getting some guys back, Sale and Story, but Sale's done. He's not going to be able to pitch deep into games and you know, story's pretty good, but I, I don't know. I, I still like the Red Sox. I th- still think they can make the playoffs. I like them a lot better than the Yankees and the Rays. I can tell you that. And uh, I think they make a serious, serious bid for Otani in the offseason, and I think that's why they didn't make a move. Uh, you heard me say a few weeks ago I thought they were going to try to trade for him, but when they when he went off the market, I think they just said, you know what, we're going to save all of our bullets and we're going to fire in the offseason. And I think they'll they'll have a really good chance to get him. Um, they've had a lot of successful Japanese players in Boston over the years. Uh, Daisuke Matsusaka and, and many, many other guys who have been uh, key parts of that team. And, um, you know, they have the, the Yoshida now. I mean, they, these, these guys uh, have had a lot of success in Boston. So I think he's going to maybe take a look at Boston uh, this offseason. So look for the Red Sox, but at 22-1, to 1, I wouldn't, wouldn't rule them out. Twins and Guardians have zero chance. Uh, neither one of them did anything at trade deadline. Neither one of their teams is really good enough to even be a playoff team, but they have to get in because they're in a terrible division. Um, back to the divisions, uh, the Rays minus 108 to win the, the, the AL East, just ludicrous. They, they, they are, they're not going to win that division. The Orioles are without a doubt better than them. Uh, Toronto's better than them, and Boston's better than them. I know they're they're they dug themselves holes, so Toronto and Boston are a little bit too far behind to be you know in in regards of betting them to win the division. But um, I just don't see how you could lay down uh, you know one hundred eight on uh, 
on Tampa. I, I just think that'd be just insane. Uh, the Central, I still think Cleveland may get may get Minnesota. It's a battle of two horrible teams. Cleveland plus 275, though, I think is a little bit of value on them. The Astros, I think, hold off the Rangers. Um, but that's going to be a good showdown. Both teams uh, actually minus money right now. Braves have their cinched up. I think the Cubbies are still alive. We kept talk, talking about them. They were nine to one, then they were seven to one, then they were back to eight to one, and now they're down to four to one. Playing good baseball right now. Big series with the Reds. Um, they took took one last night from Cincinnati. Cincinnati plus one twenty five, and the Brewers are plus one ten. So basically, they are dead even um, co favorites in in the. NL Central, but the Cubs are the team though that I would I would say extreme value on. Cardinals sold sold off a lot of assets. Pirates not even worth mentioning. Uh, Dodgers now pretty strong favorite in the West. Giants, D-backs, Padres all in contention for playoff spots. So um, that's my take on MLB. I think it's uh, quite going to be quite an interesting few weeks here as we uh, head towards the playoffs. And no better time of year than that uh, October. I mean, if you're a football person. But you also get baseball, and that's what I like in October. There's absolutely nothing better than playoff baseball. It's uh, without question, or uh, arguably the best best sport on earth in uh, during the playoffs. So, looking forward to seeing how the playoffs uh, play out with the new uh, rule changes. And, and they're normally not so new. They you know started the season, but anyway, they haven't had these in the playoffs. Is my point? I think it'll be very unique and very cool, and uh, can't wait for that. So excited. Um, teams that you want to fade, though, you, you can see them right now. Plain as day. Uh, the New York Yankees, first and foremost, they are complete quitters. The Mets, I'll give credit, they're at least trying to play hard. I think they're trying to prove some people wrong. Um, they're going to go through a little bit of a rebuild phase. They unloaded two giant expensive arms. Uh, but their Mets are playing hard. They're just not very good. So I think you could see a lot of overs in Met games. They, they trade away two uh, aces, although they haven't performed like aces or the Mets wouldn't be in this hole. But they've started to stabilize now. Bullpen is a disaster. It has been all season. It's only going to get worse. You're going to have a lot of guys coming up from the Mets that are unproven starters to fill in innings. So I think the Mets are an over team. I think the Yankees are a fade almost all the time. Uh, I think... Uh, Let's see. The Minnesota Twins, I think, are a play against. Uh, I didn't think they did anything at the deadline. I think they'll start to start to unravel pretty quickly. Um, most people would say Boston, but I think Boston has their prize. They have some enough young, good guys that they're they're probably saying, you know what, if we finish this out, you know, with strong, make the playoffs, and then get Otani, and then we're World Series contender next year. Uh, Cubs are an absolute play on. Keep on them. They're going to continue to play hard. The Angels are worrying me. They made some moves. They weren't. It wasn't enough. I, I think they're a fade team. I would seriously consider Seattle's a team to watch. They move. They move some guys. They didn't really bring anybody in. They didn't fire sale. So I think they're kind of just trying to go back to the drawing board. Maybe get set up for next year. I think they make a huge run at Otani. Um, so I think Seattle's a team to watch. Uh, it, if they start to fall out of it, they may just say, you know, we're we're done for the year. But uh, you never know how clubhouses are going to react. Cardinals will probably be a play against, although they have a lot of pride in the organization. The White Sox are an absolute fade. They 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 don't want to be there. They're they're really really bad. If Pirates are pretending that they, they care still, but they're just not very good. Uh, 
A's, Kansas City, probably fade. Don't fade the Nationals, though. The Nationals are a team that plays very, very hard. They had another walk-off win today. Uh, they're they're up and coming, so I, I do, don't expect them to uh, to go in the tank. They may lose a lot of games, but they're, it's not going to be from lack of effort uh, from, from their young core, so... Uh, those are some teams. The Marlins are a team I would start to fade to. They just they can't hit enough to stay in games. It's really tough division. Uh, although the Phillies and are starting to you know have played well the last few weeks, the Mets uh, not so much. Nationals are gritty. Uh, I think the Marlins fall out of contention very quickly. So those would be teams that I would consider fading. But first and foremost, the Yankees. If you watch them last night, um, you could just see it. They they're done. So they got Garrett Cole going tonight. He's not even that great, but he, he probably will give up two or three runs, and he'll probably lose to the Rays anyway. So keep an eye on that. That's uh, that's the baseball roundup right now. Lots of uh, good stuff. If you want to talk more baseball, listen to our radio show. We talk about it a lot. We're on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, but in a couple of weeks, we'll be shifting to Friday. We'll be doing football Friday shows out at the, uh, I believe we're going to be doing them at the Gumby's. We're not certain on that yet, but uh, that's in the works here. So at the Watchdog Studio, we'll probably be out on remote location on friday afternoons for a football friday feature doing uh, high school college and pro breakdowns uh probably have some good guests on as well so stay tuned for that but we talk a lot of baseball on our show every day as i said monday two to three 12 to three on tuesday and thursday it'll eventually be 12 to three on friday but uh we'll mix in some baseball definitely on the football show anyway because uh you just can't not do that you have to Go where uh, the interest is, and that's what we'll do. Uh, so if you want more baseball talk, please tune in. And uh, be sure and uh, listen to us each week. Our podcast drops on Thursdays, this show on Fridays, and then Soup and Stuff every couple of weeks as Soup continues to track down great guests. And uh, we've had a lot of good guests. We had Cody Duncan on yesterday from Rum Bunter on the radio talking Pirates trade deadline. And as he was talking with us, we actually had a Pirate trade. So it was uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, it was a good uh Good discussion with with Cody, and uh, you know we've had a lot of uh, really good guests. I had Mike McNeil, professional gambler. I'm going to eventually have him on this show. Uh, great card player and uh, very sharp handicapper. So as football comes nearer, probably have Mike on the show again. But uh, if you missed any of our guests, you can check all that stuff out. Jub will have those archived, and then I think you can find them on the WKKX Watchdog site eventually as they continue to revamp the studio down here and and really make things nice for us here um all right shifting over a little bit let's talk a little bit of football because i know that's what everybody cares about all right so here's how things go the browns and the jets tomorrow in the hall of fame which will be last night so i'm not going to break that game down i gave you under 33 and a half last week it stayed at 33 and a half jets are minus one and a half don't really like a side there. It's hard to tell what could happen. Just one guy is going to make a play, and that game will probably be like 10-9 or 9-7 or something really low scoring. College football week zero, August 26th. That's just a few weeks away. We are going to start doing our conference previews. I was hoping to do one today, but I didn't have anybody else with me to do it. If we have to, I'll just do it all myself. But uh, anyway, week one is September the 2nd, so we're going we're gonna to start pumping out these season previews uh, of the conferences, teams we like, some of the future bets we like, whether it's player props in the NFL, whether it's to win the conference in college, uh, make the playoffs, you know, win totals, whatever whatever interests us, uh, whatever interests you. If you have things you want to hear us break down more of, if you want winners, if you like uh, well, I say you want winners. We all want winners. But if you want uh, to try to win in win totals or you would rather us go strictly on small conferences or 
um, breaking down who will win the biggest conferences and make the playoffs or in NFL if you want season player props or you want to make or miss the playoffs or uh, exact division outcomes that you can parlay um, email us contact at com. call our show at WKKX 304-214-1600 uh, let us know what you want because uh, I'll take demands I, I'm pretty I'm pretty into all this stuff so I uh, having making numbers and, and presenting numbers and uh you know getting them ready for the season i'm i'm ready to give you whatever uh, in advice i can i'm not going to say it's going to be right we all know how that goes but uh, i'll give you an honest opinion that's one thing you should know about me and most of the guys on the show is uh, we're going to tell you what we think and we're not always going to be right but a lot of times we are so uh last year's nfl and college season long bets for us were outstanding luke coach and i uh, we, we probably gave out 75% winners on our long-term futures. Maybe it was better than that. I know I cited those numbers way back, and I'll, I'll actually pull those out and try to find that for uh, next week. But uh, I'm not just saying that. We, we did very well, um, and we're very transparent. We're not people that are going to sit here and tell you we're going to always have winners. We're, we're, in a, we're in a little bit of a funk right now. We've had some, some good ones. So if you're a sports-specific better and you have happened to stay on our certain plays in each sports sec- sector – uh, then perhaps you're turning profits though, because we have had some sports where we've been doing pretty steadily well at, uh, but others we haven't been. Golf's been a struggle lately. NASCAR uh, been upside down and turned around on that, uh, and you know we're pretty dialed in on that stuff. So you know it just sometimes it just goes with the with the bad luck. But anyway, we're going to do conference previews and division previews in the NFL. So the week of the ninth, we're going to do the AFC and NFC South along with the ACC and SEC in college. Then on uh, the week of the August. 16th uh, we're going to do AFC and NFC West in the Big 10 in a Big 12 the Mountaineers pick the finish last we're going to do those on 816 823 we're going to do the NFC and AFC or NFC and AFC East in the Pac-12 and then we'll do um, the week zero card and then give you any other teams and other conferences that maybe we like uh, small conference win totals or to win their outrights whatever what, uh, whatever it may be. And then the final one on 8.30, that'll be August 30th. That, that is the week of. So I know the show tapes on those days, and then you'll get it two days later. So um, for those dates, it'll be coming out the Friday of those dates that I'm saying, AFC North and the NFC North. And then we'll do college football week one, go through the entire card. So um, we're uh, we're excited about that. I know a lot of people are pumped about football. Um, I'm not so much, but uh, you know it's part of the job, and that's the way it goes. And uh, you know it's not my favorite thing anymore, but I'm very involved in it and very dialed into it. So whether or not I like it or not doesn't really mean if I that I can't pick winners or uh, have decent analysis. All right, shifting over to the football that I do like. It's the Women's World Cup. We're down to the knockout stage. By the time you hear this, this round of 16 will be set. We only have a couple of games left to determine spots. Germany, who is my pre-tournament pick, had a horrible performance their last game, uh, and they lost. So now they're in a bind right now. They're going to end up having to play France, most likely, which is going to be a little bit of an issue, but it doesn't mean they can't, if they can get by France, and they have to get the winner of Australia and Denmark. Not saying it's over, but right now things have shifted to the point where England, in my opinion, is a strong, strong favorite in this tournament. I think they're, without question, they have the best best route. And I think that the English ladies are going to be set up to make a, a pretty good journey here. They're going to take on Nigeria, and then they get the winner of probably Colombia and Jamaica. Um, teams that are very score-challenged, and England's very good in the back. 
and they have a lot of talent up front. So uh, the young uh, sister of Reese James has been just exceptional in England to me is very, very likely to come out of the right side of the bracket. Uh, the United States, told you I wasn't really on them. I didn't think their team was that great. Uh, they're proving that they're not. Uh, they're getting criticized right now, well, only by Carly Lloyd, who's just exceptional. If you're not aware of that, she's taking criticism now from other media members because she was too harsh on the United States women. Well, the United States women have been terrible. Uh, drawing with Portugal is unacceptable. And for a team that was a huge tournament favorite here to have three awful performances, they were they really should be out of this tournament. The Netherlands uh, unfortunately gave up a, a, a pretty late goal in the second half. The USA played a decent second half, but Lindsey Horan has saved this team, and without her, uh, they're going home. And the the U.S. women are upset because Carly Lloyd, who's one of the best players that ever played there, one of the classiest ladies that you ever see. She's a great analyst, and she tells the truth. And she she upset them by saying, and, you know, this did look. She she just saw a lot of deficiencies in, the, in their team, and she's right. You can't be drawing with Portugal in the World Cup and expect uh, people to not criticize you. But this is what our media has come to. We only can say things that that flatter the athletes, never to criticize. Um, but USA's old. Uh, they don't have a lot of great players. They become uh, social justice warriors more than athletes. And that's basically Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan and a few others. But I feel sorry for girls like Lindsey Horan and a couple of the other younger girls on the team because they actually have, you know, are great representatives in the United States. And uh, while I'll cheer for them, I probably won't really cheer for the team, sadly. But uh, England is the team to beat right now. I think they have the most favorable draw. I think they're going to be very, very tough to beat. Japan. We gave you Japan last week as a dark horse. They're playing exceptional. They're going to take on Norway. It's going to be a really good match, but I think the Japanese can win that match. USA will play Sweden, and I think the USA should actually be an underdog in this game. Uh, Sweden so much better tactically, so much better organized, so much better camaraderie on the pitch. You can see it. Uh, I would not be playing USA there. If you want to root for the USA, that's fine. Um, I would bet a total. I would bet an under or something like that, but um, I I just, I don't know. I don't see any way that they're going to make a deep run here, but uh, who knows? It it could change. Uh, Things change quickly. Momentum switches, and uh, the USA, you know, is not without talent. So you can't completely rule them out, but I'll be fading them. The Netherlands will take on South Africa in a pretty good battle. It's a great matchup for the Dutch. They should win that match for sure. Then they get to play Spain or Switzerland. Switzerland's been very good. Spain, eh. Not not super impressive, so I think the Swiss will give them a battle, and then the Netherlands, I think, is strong coming out of the top left of the bracket, and I don't see there there to be any reason that the two teams we gave you last week, that Japan and the Netherlands, would not meet in the semifinals for a chance to go play probably England uh, on the right side unless the Germans can, can get hot, and they can definitely beat France and then the winner of Australia and Denmark, um, but you know, Germany's up against it now. They put themselves in a hole, so I would say right now I would predict that England plays either the Dutch, uh, the Netherlands, Holland, what have you, whatever you choose to call them, or uh, or uh, Japan. I think Japan right now, and but I can't really discount Sweden either because Sweden Sweden's been really impressive to me. Uh, so the winner of the Japan Sweden game. Uh, if Sweden's able to beat the United States and Japan beats Norway, I think it'll be a great game. But uh, some some good teams in the, in the left side. A couple teams we gave you at big prices last week. So hopefully you got on them. Pre-tournament favorite Germany. Hopefully they can go for a little bit longer because we got Alexandra Pop to win the scoring, uh, the golden boot. And she's got three or four. I think she's got four now. So 
hopefully she keeps going and we, we keep it going uh, with some winners there. But uh, be sure and check our Twitter out. It's hard for me to give these out right now at the prices and, and with the matchups not certain. So we'll uh, have them on our BLS underscore PRP. That's our Twitter handle for Better's Last Stand. And then you can follow us on at the or on at the Pioneer Studios on all social media. To find out the picks, we'll have them posted on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and then the regular Pine Room Studios Twitter. So uh, that does it for segment one here at Better's Last Stand. We're going to take a break right now, and then we're going to come back, talk some CFL, talk a little golf, a little big three, and then get our AFL roundup of the week. It's Better's Last Stand. Matt with you solo here, uh, taking you up through uh, MLB trade deadline, World Cup, and all the things that are happening this weekend. Hall of Fame football game tomorrow night. Up at Canton, or last night, if you're listening to the show on Friday. Uh, it's Better's Last Stand. We'll be right back. Reminder, Better's Last Stand is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. You're watching Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back. Better's Last Stand. Matt here flying solo with you on episode number 47. Hard to believe. Uh, The Playmakers number in college, Michael Irvin, so... Uh, that's a good number. We've done, uh, hopefully, you've enjoyed the show, 47 installments of it. We took some time off. I was gone and uh, had a few cancellations here and there, but can always follow us on Twitter. I try to give out picks that I'm not able to get here in a timely manner or uh, you know, in between the time the show's taped and the time that you can hear it, um, put the stuff up on social. So check us out, BLS underscore PRP. At the Pine Room Studios, all over social media. Last week wasn't a great week for us. We were uh, we were down uh, three units. Um, it you know, I, I'm not gonna say it was great or bad or any. I mean, you know, three units is three units. Uh, certain areas we did well. F1 was pretty strong. We had uh, winners with Ocon and Verstappen. Uh, I had a nice one with uh, Mercedes in the top six and uh, double Red Bull podium. So if you did F1, you're ahead. Um, we were uh, three and one of the big three. Finally, finally did decent there. Uh, AFL eight and ten, not great. Uh, had some really horribly bad beats, I guess you could say. But uh, that's just the way it goes in sports. And uh, had a couple winners in NASCAR with uh, Logano, uh, or no, yeah, I think it was Logano and uh, Brad Keselowski. But uh, yeah, not great. We we haven't been super in NASCAR. Haven't got a got a winner. Three and three in soccer, but we do have futures alive. And uh, gave you some pretty decent ones last week. Job even getting on the board as he had Bo Hostler, a uh, nice top twenty finish for him. I think he almost was in the top fifteen. So good win there for Job. He was up almost a unit in golf. He had just two picks, and then in NASCAR he was zero two. But um, again, a little bit of bad luck. The two picks that he gave weren't weren't bad. It was just. Uh, Needed some track position and couldn't end up getting it. So, anyway, we hope you're sticking with us. Uh, you know, a lot of times this time of year, people get get sick of betting the same old stuff. So, hopefully, you've tried something new. Maybe you like a couple of these new sports that we've been talking about, whether it's Big Three, soccer, AFL. Um, don't don't hesitate to to try something new. Uh, they all pay the same. So, if you can find value, find something you're good at. Try it. it. It's it's worth uh, rolling the dice in, and we're trying to help you. Trying to help you learn too, so you can formulate your own opinions. You don't have to listen to my opinion at all. You may want to say I'll go against him every time. Well, 
you probably do okay with that sometimes, you know, certain runs. But uh, I think our evaluations on the show are pretty fair, uh, pretty dialed in, and uh, we're not going to sugarcoat things and, you know, hide behind, uh, you know, fake statistics that don't matter and things like that. Um, Very, very um, opinion-driven and visually-driven program whether it's just uh, watching games, just watching flow and, and getting involved in play, um, the, you, you can't learn enough uh, by watching. You just constantly are picking up things in all sects of sports. So keep up that good work uh, if you're doing it. Uh, let's jump over. Actually, let me first remind you that our show today is brought to you by IC Cab. We talked to Phil Savaggio, the owner and operator of IC Properties, all the things they do. Uh, there's job placement in the cab service, which is a sponsor of us. Uh, we appreciate their support. I uh, had a great chat with Phil. Um, Dick Jubb's going to put it in our podcast, so go back and check it out. We talked to him down at the Upper Ohio Valley Italian Festival last week along with Mayor Glenn Elliott. And uh, it was a good day. Phil was, you know, insightful. He does a great job. He's very passionate about what he's brought to the community here in Wheeling. So thanks to him. And uh, be sure and arrange your cab. So if your car's broke down, if your uh, your Tauntaun or your Bantha's not running, uh, call IC Cab 304-232-1313 today. Get on there. Uh, arrange your ride for the weekend. Get out there and, and get set up so you're not driving drunk or you're needing to get to work, whatever it is, uh, they'll take care of you. Uh, you can visit them at iccab.com. And Phil announced that we have a brand new app for iccab that's out right now. So you can download that on the Google Play Store or at the Apple Store. Um, get on there right now. Get with iccab. So whether you're having a good day, bad day, or in between, iccab will get you to where you need to go. Uh, give them a call, 304-232-13, or that app. We, uh, we urge you to use the app. It's very good and will help you out immensely. All right, let's go over to the CFL. Uh, CFL, again, won a strong week. I think it was one and three. Uh, I, I, I have a hard time getting a grip on these teams. They've been, uh, they've been very uh, hard to figure out, very Jekyll and Hyde uh, kinds of performances. I'm really not sure who the best team even is. Uh, week eights uh, were four and out of the under. Three and one favorites were. Uh, I, I don't. I really don't know who the best team is. But anyway, we're going to take you through a couple of these games. Uh, Winnipeg plays Thursday, so you won't see it. I'd lean towards the Bombers minus the four and a half against BC. Total forty four and a half, and that no opinion. Friday, uh, Toronto at Calgary. Toronto minus eight and a half. The total is fifty one. I'm going to be going with the Argonauts on the road here. It's a little risky. Eight and a half on the road. That's, that seems like a lot. I, if it gets up there to ten, don't don't play it. Uh, but if you get eight and a half, I think you take a chance. And you're going to go with the under, at least I am, 51 on that. I'm going to play the Argos and under Saturday. Montreal visits Hamilton. The Alouettes, uh, a one and a half point road dog here. This will probably be right around a pick em. Uh You may want to take a money line shot here with Montreal. They're got even money. They may even tick up the plus 120, plus 130. 46 and a half is the total. That's what I like in the game. I'm going to be going over 46 and a half. Montreal and Hamilton on Saturday. Sunday's matchup. Ottawa and Saskatchewan. This is at Saskatchewan. The Red Blacks on the road. A one and a half point road favorite. The total 44 and a half. Saskatchewan has covered the last three times at home in the series. So I'll be taking the Rough Riders with the points or even maybe a little bit of money line sprinkled in. Hopefully it gets up maybe to a field goal, but if that's the case, uh, maybe there's a little steam on Ottawa and you want to back off. But I'll be going with Saskatchewan. So that'll conclude our CFL for the week. Uh, we're getting getting about midway through their season, so they'll have playoffs coming up here in the 
relatively near future. All right, let's go over to golf. Golf's been a little rough. We've had a couple of close calls, but can't seem to cash anything. Hideki Matsuyama, who I had last week uh, as they go to the Wyndham Championships here at uh, Sedgefield in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, this is a course where putting and chipping short game is going to you know greatly benefit you. It's not a long bombers course. So guys who play well around the greens are going to be the ones you want here. I'm going to be back in Hideki Matsuyama again. He's around 18 to 1 or so. Playing, you know, sneaky good, not not great, not not scoring like he sometimes can. So maybe waiting for a little bit of a breakout here, but uh, I don't see why he can't get it here. Also like Aaron Rye at about 36 to 1 and Denny McCarthy around anywhere between 27 and 30. You can probably find McCarthy. Uh, a couple of longer shots. Carson Young's been playing pretty good golf. He's probably around 201 at your book, so shop around on him. I think he's definitely a, a top 20 and, and maybe a top 10 play. Adam Shank playing good golf. He's around 70 to 1. I think he's worth a shot. Adam Hadwin's had a pretty good summer as well. He sits at 37 to 1, 37 to 40 to 1 range. I think he could be a good uh, top 10 play. And then uh, Adam Scott, the Aussie. Um, I'm not sure Adam Scott has got what it takes to win tournaments anymore, but he can always put together a good performance and uh, you know get a top 10. So I think uh, Scotty for a top 10 or top 20 makes uh, makes a lot of sense this weekend. So not a great, great golf cart card as we get towards the FedEx playoffs. And, you know, those things really aren't all that exciting. Uh, the Live Boys, I believe, are going to be at the Greenbrier. Um we're just starting to get that legalized here in West Virginia. I've been fighting for that for months, so we'll start talking about that more once we get it legalized here in West Virginia. I don't think Ohio even has it yet either, but uh, talking with the regulators, I think I got them talked into doing it, so we're hopeful that we'll add it to the whole state um, probably this week or the next tournament they have. So keep your eye out for that. I got some opinions there. The fields are way better in the live golf, even though they're smaller. The players are better top to bottom. So um, anyway... That concludes golf. Uh, let's shift over quickly to Big Three basketball. Big Three basketball in week number seven right now. They play eight weeks of regular season. It's actually seven, and then they cut down. They play six weeks, then they cut down. Um, they cut a couple teams last week, the uh, Three-Headed Monsters, and uh, there's one other one that's, that's out too, maybe the Aliens. I think they're eliminated. Yeah, the Aliens are because that was a team that I backed a lot. Uh, Buried at the bottom, so they're out of contention. So you got five games this week, and then the top eight advance to next week. And then you will have the top eight then playing down to the playoffs, the final four, which I don't think the whole final four is in London, but the finals, I think, are in the All-Star game. So uh, lots of good still ahead in the big three. You got the ball hogs and the triplets, both these teams at four and two. You got an absolute log jam of four and two teams. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams at four and two. So this is really, really big for these teams now. There's not a lot of margin for error here. you got to get in the top eight, so you can't lose because at least half of the teams are playing each other, so they're all going to win. So you got to really be on your game this week. I think these games will be very competitive and be very good. So ball hogs and triplets, these games are on Saturday, um, I believe on CBS, probably around 1 o'clock, right before golf usually. Uh, ball hogs and triplets, I like this game over to 92.5. The triplets are minus 2.5, but I do like a strong play on the over there. Both these teams can score, probably the two best scoring teams in the league. So we'll be taking it over there. I know people would think, well, this game matters a lot. They'll play a lot of defense. I don't think either... 
it's in these teams' best interest to try to play more defense. It's just their in best interest to try to continue to score. So do what they do best. Uh, let's hope for some points there. Trilogy and the Ghost Ballers. Uh, I'm going to take the Ghost Ballers here. They're a two-and-a-half-point dog. I think this game plays right down to the wire. Trilogy look a little bit old to me. They've won the title before, twice, I believe, back-to-back. -back, and uh, they look a little old to me, so I'm going to take a shot against them. And I'll go with the Ghost Ballers, who have played pretty strong all season. The Power also been pretty strong. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Killer Threes, the total 92 there. I'm going to take the Killer Threes and the two-and-a-half. Again, a game of four and two teams matching up. Uh, I think this goes right down to the wire, and I'll take the basket uh, in case it's a two-point game, we will. Uh, but I wouldn't uh, dissuade anybody from taking the killer threes on the money line. Threes Company takes on the enemies. The enemies minus three and a half, ninety-two and a half. If you've been listening, you know I play the enemies quite a, quite a lot. I like Nick Young. I think they're pretty good. I think they could be dangerous in the playoffs. But they got to win this game, and I think they will. So I'll take them minus the three total, ninety-two and a half. I don't have a play on that. Then you got Bivik and Tri-State in the final game. Tri-State minus two, uh, three and a half. Sorry. Uh, these two teams, both two and four, and I don't believe that they could. I guess they technically maybe could still be alive. So if you have one loser, two loser, three loser, four loser, five, yeah, maybe one of those teams, if they who winner of this game, maybe can get in off tiebreakers, which is point differential for that eight spot. But it's pretty tough two and four when you got all those teams log game to four and two so i'm going to be sitting that game out i would tend to lean towards the under there because that's going to be one where they absolutely need to win um no matter what if they lose they're absolutely finished so they they're it's going to be uh tightly played and i think that both teams will try to focus in on defense a little bit more because their offense isn't that good anyway so maybe a lean towards the under of the 92 and a half in the bivik in tri-state game but uh i like this big three i know a lot of people haven't really got into it yet, but it's growing, and Ice Cube is doing an awesome job with it, and uh, I hope he continues to grow it, and it, it gets more and more airtime because it's uh, it's fun to bet. It's uh, basketball the way it should be played. It reminds me of uh, like what a shirt I have on here with uh, John Starks and Patrick Ewing at NBA Jam. Uh, back when basketball was uh, team sports, self, uh, unselfish players, and, and everybody just knew their role and played it really, really uh, extremely well, so... Anyway, uh, hope you enjoy Big Three basketball uh, as much as I have over the past uh, few weeks as we go into the playoff stretch. All right, let's jump over to my uh, very favorite sport, the AFL. So the AFL had a lot of weird stuff happen last week as all three top teams lost, which is very strange. Collingwood coming off that huge win over Port Adelaide the week before. They lay a complete egg against Carlton, lose the game. 93-76, absolutely slaughtered. Brisbane gets massacred by Gold Coast, who's a team that I was very high on, but they could never stay consistent throughout the season. We gave Gold Coast out to make the finals at the beginning of the season. I don't think they were 8 or 10-1, to 1, but uh, I don't think they can do it. But this is a win I was not expecting as they, they take out Brisbane by almost, no, actually they won by over 30 points, so 96-55. And then Port Adelaide gets smoked by their rivals, the Adelaide Crows, 112 to 65. They've now lost three in a row. So right after I give him them out as my top selection and my favorite to win this, uh, win the finals, they've played absolutely terrible. Um, the Collingwood game was a great game. They just they looked a little rusty, and they came off their bye, and they had guys suspended, and they got guys hurt, and I don't know. I, I'm worried now about Port Adelaide getting it back before before the the season ends. So that's a concern. Brisbane really surprised me. That the fact they only scored 55, they've proven to be probably the best offensive team other than um, Melbourne Demons. 
in the entire league. So, you know, and it, for them to only score 55, that's a very, you know, that's a total outlier, uh, total anomaly. So I expect them to start to get back on again. They were a team that I was starting to consider maybe backing in the playoffs, but I, I don't think they can win on the road. I'm still worried about that. Collingwood, very well-rounded team, terrible performance last week. Uh, they'll probably get back on track. Uh, they remain the favorites at around plus 175 to win the league. Followed by Melbourne at four to one, who's now past Brisbane and Port. Uh, Brisbane and Port both six to one right now. Man, I don't know. I don't know where to go right here. I don't know if I stick with Port or or, or, or lean Brisbane. Melbourne may be the team that's peaking at the right time. Their 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 two way game is pretty strong. They can play offense and defense. So, um, you know, you got to look out for teams like that. Teams that can can get stops and stop breaks are going to be the ones that do well, and the guys that can win in the ruck circle at the beginning of each possession. Uh, that that can't be. Uh, overstated about how important that is to get control uh, off of the bounce. All right, let's go Friday. This is a 5.50 a.m. Friday morning, so you probably missed this one, but we'll be playing Western, and we're going to go uh, under. So Western on the road, or actually at home against Richmond, minus 8.5, the total 168.5. I'll be taking the Bulldogs. They have lost 3 of 4, but they've lost all really close games by less than, than one score, and they've been against good teams. So both these teams need it. Um, right now, Western sits 8th. Richmond's is 11th. Richmond lost last week. I think Richmond's about finished, and I think this will be the end of them. Put the nail in the coffin. Um, hopefully, you see this on Twitter, and hopefully, we have two winners by the time you listen to this show. All right, Saturday. This is 11.45 p.m. Friday night, Saturday, however you want to look at it. It's really Friday night, our time. The Essendon Bombers and the West Coast Eagles. This is a home game for Essendon. Essendon since 13th right now. They're coming off a loss. They had some momentum, but they haven't been playing very well. It's been stymied. Um, they're nine and ten. They absolutely need this game to have any chance. West Coast upset North Melbourne last week. It's not much of an upset. They're both the two worst teams in existence, but they won the game. So I think a letdown is very possible here. They got the win they were looking for to avoid uh, being a uh, two win or a one win team. So uh, I think the Eagles get absolutely slaughtered here. I would consider this to be a, probably a ten star pick on uh, Essendon minus the fifty and a half, and probably. Uh, a very strong play on the over of 176.5 on Friday evening at 11.45. 12.10 a.m. on Friday night, Saturday morning, whatever you want to call it. The Adelaide Crows and the Gold Coast Suns do battle. Uh, Crows coming off an, a great win against Port Adelaide. The Suns we talked about hammered Brisbane. I don't I don't want to pick a side here. I don't know what to go with here. Adelaide minus 18.5 at home against the Suns. But if the Suns could keep the momentum, I think they could cover this. But I'm going to be leaning the under here, 174 and a half. We're going to go under with the Crows and the Suns on Saturday early morning, late night Friday. All right, 2:35 a.m. Eastern Time. This is on Saturday morning or Friday night after you get dropped off from your IC cab ride. Collingwood uh, is at Hawthorne. Collingwood lost to uh, Carlton last week, as we said. They're the top team in the league. They really don't need to win these matches. They're pretty much locked in at the top spot. They're minus 31 and a half here on the road. Total 166 and a half. I'll play the Pies. I think they bounce back. Uh, probably win this for fun. Haw- the Hawks are just not very good. And we'll be going under 166 and a half. I think their skipper is probably pretty pissed off about that performance last week. And I think that they will be very dialed in. All right. 525 a.m. Saturday morning. The Geelong Cats in the Port Adelaide Powers. Is that Geelong? Geelong and Port both coming off losses. Geelong needs this game more than Port does badly. Uh, Geelong with a terrible loss last week again. Just a listless performance. They're starting to remind me of the Yankees. With Well, they actually have talent, but uh, the Yankees don't. Uh, but Geelong really needs this game. 
if they if they want to get in their ninth right now, they got to get up to that eight spot. I, I can't pick it. I probably lean Geelong. They're minus ten and a half, but man, I don't like to give Port ten and a half anytime. Um, one sixty four and a half is the total. I'll be playing it under and lean towards the Cats, but under one sixty four and a half is my play. Saturday morning, five thirty a.m. It's GWS Greater Western Sydney Giants hosting the Sydney Swans. This is a rivalry game. There'll be some bad blood here. You got the uh, Giants. It, it's sitting sixth right now. They're in a pretty good spot. They've been red hot. They've won seven in a row. They've locked themselves into a finals appearance here. Uh, Swans need it. They're tenth. They're uh, they beat Essendon last week by two in a really really good game. Uh, I think they maybe have a little bit of a letdown here. I'll be playing GWS at home. I think they keep it rolling. They're very good. I've been very impressed with them. And I like over 155.5. So that's GWS, the Giants, minus 3.5 at home, and over 155.5 against the Swans in the Battle of Sydney. All right, let's flip over to the back page here. Sunday morning, uh, actually it'll be 11.10 our time. Uh, Sunday over there, 11.10. Saturday night, it is the North Melbourne Kangas hosting the Melbourne Demons, another big-time showdown, a rivalry game, but unfortunately one side is not going to be able to compete in this game. Uh, North Melbourne off a terrible loss to West Coast. The Melbourne Demons cranking on all cylinders right now. Um, they've won four in a row. Four in a row. Um, I, I just don't think they have any any threat here from, from the Kangas. So be playing the Demons, minus 42.5 on the road, and... Uh, 172 and a half is the total, and I like the over here. I think there's a bunch of points. They're playing this in, in an area where you'll have fans from both teams. So uh, over is the play, and the Demons minus the points. Uh, Sunday, 1.20 a.m. on Sunday, late night Saturday, if you if you may. Uh, this is the St. Kilda Saints and the Carlton Blues. The Blues off a big win over the top team last week. They've been playing really well. They've won six in a row. Do they keep it going here? Um, I don't have a play on this. St. Kilda, I can't figure them out. They're just not very talented, but they continue to get results. Their schedules favor them. They're locked into fifth right now. Um, they probably are making the making the finals. So I think um, no matter what, I picked them a couple weeks ago to stumble, but they haven't. And uh, I don't really like a side in this game. So in a game that both teams really would love to win, uh, I'm sure they would both take a draw, to be honest, which are very rare. Uh, I'm going to go under 164.5. Carlton is laying 14.5 on the road, which is a little too much probably. So I maybe lean St. Kilda, maybe the Saints get a cover. But I like the under 164.5. I think that's a very tightly contested game. Both those teams will be hoping to just get in there, uh, get out without anybody getting hurt, and just move on because uh, they're both in a pretty good spot. All right, the final game of the weekend, 2.40 a.m. on Sunday morning, Fremantle. Uh, at Brisbane, or hosting Brisbane, sorry. Fremantle hosts Brisbane. The Lions right now 14.5 point road favorite to total 167.5. I think the Lions bounce back here. I don't love playing them on the road. I would probably lean Fremantle on the spread side, but pair things up. You can do these parlays in uh, AFL where you can play the money line with the team and you can play the total. So I'd recommend a Brisbane money line play with the over 167.5 and you get a nice plus price on that. And, uh, you know, hopefully you can get a good score. So we'll be going with the Lions, who look to bounce back. Uh, they're pretty comfortably in the playoffs, obviously, uh, being in the third position. But I'm sure they want to get the momentum going because you don't want to be playing your worst football uh, this time of the year. So check out the Lions, and maybe they uh, get back in the win column. And they put up some points on the way. All right, a couple of things industry-wide before we take a break and get to Sam and racing talk. Uh, the TBT 
finishes up tonight or two nights ago. Uh, if you're listening, heard that in Heartfire. Both of these games are two and a half spreads. Uh, Heartfire minus two and a half, 141 and a half in one semi. And then the Friday Beers versus Bleed Green, who's minus two and a half, 141 and a half. Hopefully the herd in the green meet in the finals. That'd be pretty cool. Be an all green final in Philadelphia. Hopefully you've enjoyed the TBT. Uh, best Virginia. Didn't uh, have their best uh, over here at West Banker Arena. They were ousted by Heard That, who then ended up going on an incredible run on Sunday and beating Bayheim's Army, who came down uh, to make the trip down on, on to play on Sunday. So uh, a great performance by Heard That as they keep it going right now. Schneid Dog, who probably we should have on the show, one of the best local handicappers around town. Uh, he had a heavy steam play on Marshall on Sunday. So congrats to him, and I'm sure he's on the Herd again tonight uh if you haven't seen the news about iowa state's football program it's very interesting they have some players most notably one of their quarterbacks who's uh, now being criminally investigated for wagering uh underage he was using false accounts and he was betting on a lot of iowa state sports and some of them were football games so uh, there's some other guys involved in this too the specifics are still coming out Um, I'm still trying to gather some information, so I'm not going to speculate on this, but I will give a quick story. For those of you who are aware of the Pine Room, we get together pretty much every Saturday and watch college football during the fall and winter. And I remember vividly uh, several of our guys a a couple years ago when Brock Purdy, who plays for the 49ers, was playing. And and honestly, it appeared like Iowa State was trying to either cover spreads or not cover spreads. It was bizarre. Each week, there was some strange outcome of their game. Coaches throwing on fourth down and bizarre things when the game's already been been settled. And we remarked, a lot of us, about either we had the side they were against or them uh, or vice versa, whatever it was. Some of us were on some, some on the other. And we remarked as a group how odd the behavior was and that if we didn't know any better, it looked like they were trying to cover spreads or fixing spreads to where they needed it to fall or whatever. And then this comes out, probably not related most likely, but Matt Campbell uh, was the brunt of a lot of our frustration at the Pine Room. And talking to my fellow Pine Room guys this morning, several of them remember that, Coach Nick among others. But yeah, we were pretty heated about Iowa State. Very, very, very irritated with the way that they finished games. There was some just some very strange shenanigans going on with Iowa State's program. And now you see that the quarterback and some linemen and some other people were involved in betting on their games. And uh, that makes you think about it again. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully we were just uh, acting like idiots when we drink. But, um, you know, when you watch enough of these games, you start to detect weird things. And sometimes you're right. So anyway, let's hope that's not a huge scandal and that Iowa State gets sorted out and it's an isolated thing and uh, that was that is all and they can move on. Uh, Women's World Cup, I want to go back to this. I, I mentioned we were talked about it in depth earlier, but the markets that I talked about last week about trying to find things that, that match up um, similarly to the money line so you don't have to play these giant prices. Well, I had another example of this. The other day, um, actually this morning in real time, it'll be a couple days ago for you, but um, trying to look for value when you don't want to lay these giant prices. Like, so for instance, this morning, France was a huge favorite against Panama, like minus 10,000. You're not going to bet that. It's insane. Don't even want to put on a parlay. It doesn't even raise it up a nickel, but you don't. 
you don't want to play those, so don't play them. If you, if you like France a lot and you're like, oh, well, I like France. I, I thought France would win. I knew France would win, but I didn't want to lay three and a half goals to, to get minus 190 still uh, and, and them have to win by four. I thought, you know, they're, they're, they'll be fine with winning by two or three, and they, they're not going to keep trying to score. So I thought that was a crazy bet. The money line is obviously an insane bet. But if you play things like the corner kicks, so if you expect France to dominate a game like that where they're heavily favored, they're going to control the ball, they're going to be putting pressure on Panama's box the entire match. So there's going to be ample chances for corner kicks. Look for these because, they, again, they're priced to a point where they're affordable for you and you can still get the same outcome. So if you really thought France was going to just massacre Panama and you didn't want to have to lay three and a half goals and you're like, well, I'm a little bit concerned. I think they'll win easily, but they might only win by three, so I don't want to lay that. And even if they win by four, I'm laying 190, so I don't want to do that either. So look at the corners. So the corner kicks, I found this uh, yesterday, last night, before before I went to bed, I bet this um, corner kicks. So nine corner kicks, over under nine corner kicks total for the game. That's Panama and France. Panama had surrendered like double figures in their first two matches. So that's a key indicator. And France is the best team they've played so far. So without question, I'm going to say minus 120 over nine corner kicks. That to me correlates to France winning the match. And it did. And you also have other factors in there too. You have markets such as corner kicks minus the spread basically. So France is laying six. They have to out-corner Panama by six corner kicks. Well, if you're thinking they're going to dominate the match, chances are the better team usually has predominant amount of corner kicks. The other team is lucky to get one or two. Well, France out-cornered. And or again, let me go back to that. France minus six corners, so they got to win by six would be a push. So if they had... Uh, France had seven and Panama had one, then it would be a push. If France had eight and Panama had one, then France wins. They cover the six. Corner kicks, uh, France minus six, minus 110. There you go. That's back to betting a straight-up game. I mean, that's minus 110 juice. I mean, you can't beat that. So I played both of those. Uh, Both were winners. France won the game six to three. They didn't cover the three and a half, which was still a minus 190, so you didn't want to lay that. You would have lost. So the corner kicks, find the value in these other markets that correlate with the better team. And you're going to find a lot more value that way. You could do this in other sports too. Uh, if, if the money line is too much for you, look for other areas where you think that team has an advantage. Corners is an obvious one. And for those to be priced so fairly, uh, I think is great. So they out, out, and then we get back to the point. France wins the game 6-3 to three and they out corner Panama 11 to nothing. So... Easy covers there. Uh, easy winners goes over the nine by two, and France goes eleven nothing to cover the six. So, uh, much smarter way to bet. So, I, I urge you if you have questions, again, call the radio show 304-214-1600 or email us contact at the Pine Room Studio or no at the Pine Room Podcast. That is contact at the Pine Room Podcast.com. You can also message us on Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want to do at the Pine Room Studios. Message us, ask about this. Say Matt. Uh, teach me more about that. Whatever you want to do. I'll be happy to talk through it with anybody. Try to help them find winners, uh, ways to beat their book. All right, cross-sport parlays again. I mentioned these last week, tying them into messy things because he's going to be doing a lot of damage here. WNBA with the Aces and the Liberty. Max Verstappen in the win column again. So there's one free leg he already just had right there. And now adding to it next week, Premier League soccer starts. Manchester City. They're going to be one of the teams you're going to want to put in these things because they're going to probably win the league again. They're going to have a really good chance, and they're going to win a lot of matches. So track them well. Look for them. 
They're not going to be a team you're going to want to bet straight on a money line. Again, like I just went over, you're going to want to find hidden markets in the game where they can dominate in an area where they're not outpriced. But you can also use them in cross-sport parlays. Find ways to utilize them. They're exceptional. They added more talent to their team this year. So uh, we'll talk more about that as soccer begins next week. And that's very exciting as the Premier League, the Championship England Championship starts up this week and the Premier League next week. So lots of good things still to come. Uh, We're going to talk about more of them here on Better's Last Stand. We're going to take a break and come back with Sam. Going to talk racing. We're going to recap the F1 race in Belgium. They're off for a few weeks, as I mentioned earlier. IndyCar is back in action in Nashville And the NASCAR boys are up at Michigan. So plenty more to come here on Better's Last Stand. We'll also get Sam's uh, opinions on trade deadlines. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Reminder, Better's Last Stand is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. You're watching Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand. Matt here with you. Now joined by the man from Upper St. Clair, Sam, in action again, back with us. Uh, no job today, but that's all right. He sends his love, and uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. Uh, how you doing today, Sammy? Matt, things are well. The trade deadline is over. The dust has settled. And <laughs> yeah. We're right. The Pirates are right where, they, right where they should be. Isn't it amazing, yeah. though, like every year Pirate fans get, you know, interested in this and how it's going to turn out and and it's always just like underwhelming either the other team just just basically for lack of a better term just uh savagely uh ravages the pirates or it, like they you think they get a fair return but it, it's something you're never going to see now i i've heard conflicting uh opinions about the santana um i, I was sure, certainly hoping for something that was more uh of a guy that could contribute sooner but uh we had a guy on our radio show yesterday cody duncan who who does uh for rum bunter and and for uh fan siding and things and he 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 said this prospect they got back is really really good so he expects him to to come quicker than most 18 year olds but then again the pirates you're always waiting so what what were your thoughts about that and then the, the trades yesterday i mean the rich hill and you know, that kind of makes sense. And you knew G-Man would go because, I mean, people were always looking for a left-handed bat. So what did you think about it overall? Yeah, on my, on my way home from work today, I actually heard on Double M's show, somebody said that the, the Pirates are playing chess without a rook and without a queen. <laughs> it's like yes. they don't have a power hitter and they don't have a first baseman. And uh, I yeah. get it. I get it. The deal was there for the prospects, but we actually do not have a first base. No, they don't. And the guy they got back the other day, he's, he's, he's a bum. He's a bum. He's just Basically, he's just a place right. filler to just fill in. Because actually, when we were on the show yesterday, and I had asked Cody who's going to play first base, and sure enough, it, the trade's happening right when we're talking. And he said, well, looks like this guy's going to now. Like, okay, this guy's a bum. He's not going to be in, in any any long-term plans. I mean, he's just a journeyman. But, yeah, you're right. You're right. It, it's. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think this team is, is just every single thing they do is like it, with fraudulent intent. It's They suck people in. And uh, you know they get the draft, they make the right pick finally, and then 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 this, and it's like they don't even seem. 
I don't know. They don't seem any better for next year at all other than Skeens. Like, I don't know where they've improved the team. I mean, Kebron Hayes is just horrendous. He's so bad. Uh, this this team's got a, a lot of problems. But uh, I don't know. Where, where, where do you stand? Do you have any optimism going into next year? No. No. Uh, none. This year, I'm, I'm, they're my team. They're, yeah. who, they're who I'm cheering for. That's not, you know, I'm sticking with that. But, man, I am. I have no hope. How how can you get somebody here? Yeah, no, I I don't I I just you either have to overpay or yeah. I mean, you really can't. You, it's really hard to to really put it into words because it's the same old stuff. Like their team, like if you look at their lineup now, it's it's embarrassing. It's it's just not that good. And and they're and they're good players. The guys who were supposed to be good aren't. Uh, uh, Jarrett gave us some stat, or no, it might have been Jub on the show yesterday about uh, Andrew McCutcheon didn't drive in one run the entire month of July. Like it, it's just—I mean, this team—it just—it just—it's a marvel. I did not know that how they can continue. I didn't either, and Jarrett didn't know it either. And if he didn't know it, and you didn't know it, then that's saying something. That's, but yeah, it, it's just uh, not—it's not good. I mean, you can try to get excited, but. I just I see there there's too many guys that they think are, are good or that the, the organization has set in their future plans that just aren't good enough and they're not going to upgrade because they're not going to spend any money. So I, I just don't know how much better they're going to be. And you have the Reds who are going to be very good next year. You have the Cubs who are getting better, who ended up not selling and are, are in to try to make no. the playoffs this year, and they're only going to add more. And then you got the Cardinals who won't be bad like this ever again. And then Milwaukee will be steady with their pitching. So I mean, it's as excited as you might want to say as a Pirate fan, you got your division, which is not good this year, is going to turn into being pretty good pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, and I I feel like every time I'm looking at these lineups now, we have eight or nine like infielders, but we right. only have three positions that we can <laughs> yes. play. And it's like this: Alika Williams, Gonzalez. Yeah. Castro's gone, but it's just like oh yeah, yeah, that might be a good thing. But yeah, then you got catchers playing outfield and and just yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I think that the team is just I think they just walk around without a plan daily and they just try to whatever they try to do is always based on like fan feedback and backlash and and and, and then again though if they really cared that much they'd spend some money so the fans could be happy. But they you always hear the reporters saying like, Oh, the pirates will take a beating in the press for this. It's like they what have you not beat on them about? They they deserve everything they get. So quit worrying about what the fans say. You're lucky you have any fans. Why don't you treat them to something good one time and go out and sign Otani this off season? But <laughs> yes, and it's funny you said that, Matt. They were saying on the radio on my way home that one of the reasons that Bednar and Keller are still here is because the Pirates didn't want to deal with the PR disaster right, that would right. come with that. Yeah, so so that makes me think like, wow, they might have got really interesting offers for those guys, but right, no, they right. weren't going to trade them, even if it made the right. team better. Like it wouldn't, right. like would it really upset? And and I will tell you this, and you know this probably better than anybody. Pittsburgh fans have a problem with their they're so loyal, it's to a fault. It's like the Penguins. It's like they would rather keep a guy who's fifty years old who they liked one cups for them 20 years ago than they would trade him for like a, a really good up-and-coming guy they, they don't ever want to part with the guys that they love because they don't realize it's a business I guess but that's the same thing the Pirates run into so if you could have improved your ball club by dealing either one of those guys why would you not have done it I know 
I know. And it's just like they say, oh, they're probably low ball offers like that. I don't know, man. I, I'm sure people were willing to give up a lot for a closer in a, in a right-handed Hell yeah, pitcher. they would be. I, I mean, I'm, the Rangers were hell-bent on getting Bednar, and then they had to you know, uh, adjust their plan, and they get they actually get a team in their own division ends up trading them. I mean, that's I mean, I, I, they probably got more. The Mariners probably got more out of that than they would have if they wouldn't have been in their division. But I, it's I don't know. I, I, I think I think the Pirates probably they probably would have been better trading Mitch Keller back in June when they realized he he had you know caught fire and they could have fooled some people. But um, got no it, worth now, right? And it's amazing how how these teams waited because you kept hearing like. All right, the Cubs are going to be sellers. The Yankees are in on Bellinger. The Yankees are in on this guy, or so and so's in on a few of the Padre guys. Well, guess what? The Cubs sweep over the weekend. The Padres sweep over the weekend, and neither one of them decided to sell. So good for them. I think they both made the right decision. What do you think? Yeah, I do too. I mean, G Man, he was solid. I, I he was a great first baseman for a Pittsburgh Pirates organization. He was perfect, very serviceable per- player. Perfect. Now they're going to get a good left-handed batter. Rich Hill's Rich Hill. Yeah, he'll, he'll play. He's like Jamie Moyer. He'll play till he's fifty. Right, and the Padres needed the left-handed bat because they actually are very good against left-handed pitching and not so good against right-handed pitching. So I think it's a really good move for them. I think the Cubs did right by sticking with it, and uh, you know that they they could end up getting some of their younger players some experience now in the playoffs if they can make a run. Uh, Milwaukee, I, I mean Santana, I think helps them a lot. I don't think Mark Canna helps them at all, but. Uh, I mean that now the the central's interesting, and I think the Reds uh, kind of left something out on the table. I, I feel like they probably should have made a move, and they didn't. What do you think? Yeah, the Reds they, they were definitely silent, but they're good, man. No, they are. They are, and, they, and this isn't their year. Good. They're they're a yeah. year ahead, so I mean, no no one expected them. I mean, everybody picked them to finish last almost in the division. Hey, we were a year ahead in April. <laughs> yeah, yeah, light years ahead, and then now light years behind again. Amazing how that works. Uh, let's jump over to the American League. American League before we uh, start talking racing. Uh, Orioles add. A, you know, it's not what I was hoping for. I was hoping they would get Verlander, but uh, Flair. I was hoping they would get both of those guys. Uh, and, I, and if they did, I think then they become like a serious. Ser- not that they're not now, but I think they honestly are close to being the favorite in the American League if they'd have got Verlander and Flaherty. But Flaherty helps them. He's definitely the best starter they have. But uh, I, I, I'd like to see him get back to his uh, form from about three years ago. But uh, I don't know. I give him credit for trying. Uh, what do you think of that move and any of the other ones in the American League East? Yeah, I love that move. I love what the Orioles are doing. I, I Man, they're good. They are. They're good. And I like, I like seeing them, you know, like the Rays, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, the Yankees. That division is tough. But the Ra- – excuse me, the Orioles have just – Yeah. Once they like- caught fire, man, they've just been slow. It, it hasn't been this, you know – crazy thing it's just been consistent consistent right. and they're winning they're winning these playoff level series right now they go down to tampa take three or four they beat the blue jays two in a row now uh on the road so i mean they're they're winning like big series and looking like a veteran type team and uh, i'll tell you it, this you were on to adley rushman way early probably before most people ever heard of him but him and gunner henderson are going to be MVP candidates very quickly. I mean, this team they they got they got a couple really special dudes, and uh, you know I'm not just saying that because I like the team, but like those guys, they are, are fun to watch play baseball, and they're only going to get better uh, in in a short term. Yeah, I mean they they have the number one prospect, Jackson Holiday, right now. Matt right. Holiday's son, the shortstop. It's like that's. Yeah, and wait till they good, wait till they get him up there because Mateo can't hit it all, and if this Holiday kid can hit. I mean, then their infield is just absolutely loaded. 
Uh, it's, and I don't know. It's a great problem to have, but they've got to add some more arms. I don't think they're going to be good enough to win it this year, but that's okay. But they got to. They, they're probably missing out. They, if they would have got Verlander, I would say they had a really good chance to win it because. You know, you can't count on New York being bad forever. I mean, maybe you can because they have been bad so far. But they, how about them yesterday? Don't even do anything. And then they go out and their team looks like they just gave up last night. They didn't even show up for the game. I'm curious to see what they'll do tonight with Garrett Cole pitching. But uh, I think the Yankees are done. What say you? Yeah, I mean, a last place Yankees, that's that's tough. 11 back. 11 back in that division, that's a long way. Right. And they that didn't even long way. They didn't even show up last night. It looked like the team had given up. When they didn't make any moves yesterday, I think that was like, all right, you know, we're done. They don't believe in us. We're finished. I thought Boston would make a few moves. Uh, but I think once Otani went off the market, I think they just decided we're going to go all in for him in the offseason. And uh, I think their team's good enough to make the playoffs, but they probably don't have the pitching to, to make a deep run. Toronto... Uh, they added a few things, so maybe they get hot. I think their lineup's really good. I don't trust their pitchers, though, in big games. That, that will be their downfall. So I think the Orioles are the team to beat. I, I'm not a Rays guy. I think they're, they're leaking oil bad. I know they're beating the Yankees, but that doesn't say much. Uh, anybody else in the American League? What do you think of the uh, the Astros and, and Rangers both adding, adding the teammates from the Mets? I know. So AL East, I'm with you. Orioles all the way. The AL Central... I'd rather just eat a brick. That right. fucking that's just terrible. But Matt, so here bad. we go. I teased this when we were talking before the show. I've made an allegiance. Oh, oh. Okay, it's Big an AL West here. allegiance. Big and moment did, here. Did, on did this last have stand. to do? Did this have to do with the store having a proper hat size for me? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it did. So the Texas Rangers. Are they my team? They are not. They did not have my size, Matt. This is a big shout out to my favorite owner in sports. The guy I said to sell the team three months ago. <laughs> the Angels. Artie. Artie. <laughs> All right. Artie's the man. He looked good. Ryan, in his last, in the last year he has Otani, he waited six fucking years to add players. Right. I love it. I, I love everything about it. He's trying everything in his power to keep this guy here in his last year. Yep. Six back. Let's go, Angels. All right, I like it. I, I I think if they get Trout and they could just they could just tread water till they get him, then I think they're dangerous. And I know no one's going to want to play them in, in a series. So I think they're, they're a team a lot like San Diego in the National League. If they get in, uh, I think they're very dangerous. So um, now it's a point: can they hang in? Can they hang within shouting distance? I think they probably can. The only thing that works against them though is that the damn AO East is so good. But if the Yankees and Rays fall off, and the Red, you know the Red Sox may be right on the cusp, um, then maybe maybe they have a, a chance of sneaking in there. Seattle, I thought that was interesting what they did. They didn't completely dismantle the team, but they didn't really add either. So I think they're kind of like hitting the reset to like re- wait for next year a little bit. But So I think they're out of it. But I think the Astros and Rangers will be solidly in the playoffs. I think the Orioles will be solidly in the playoffs. Um, and then after that, you got either Cleveland or Minnesota. So that'll take you to four. And then you got to fight it out. Can you take one of those berths from the from the East? That's that's the question. I, I don't see why not. Because I, I, I don't think that the Yankees and Rays are, are playing well enough right now to to be able to hang on for sure. So if the Angels can find a fire again uh, and get Trout back, and, and, you know, Otani's great enough that he could carry them. So, uh, yeah, right. I, I like so, the pick. They're my allegiance. I just need him to make the playoffs. There Anything to keep Otani, I guess, there, because he's not going to come to the East Coast, I don't think. 
Yeah, I mean, other than I, I think Boston has a chance at him just because they've had a lot of Japanese players and they got Yoshida now, so um, they're buddies, maybe. And, and I think Boston hasn't made a big move in a while, and they're probably scared to do it because they've messed up so many times. But uh, they would be the only team. I don't think he goes to the Yankees. I, I don't think he would want to. I don't think he would want to go to the Mets. It basically, you just saw what the Mets do. Buy all those guys. It doesn't matter. Uh, Yankees similar, uh, but this less talented version. But yeah, I, I agree. I think I would say the front runners, in my opinion, would be stays at the Angels, goes to Seattle, the Dodgers, unfortunately, and then Boston. Those would be the four teams that I would see. But who knows? Maybe the Pirates will make a move. <laughs> yeah, we can only hope, right? Could trade yeah. the whole infield and the whole outfield for him. <laughs> Honestly, Just have him and Skeens that can they can take turns playing out. Skeens can hit too, so maybe they have know. two guys that can pitch and hit. <laughs> we'll just bring Hedges back to catch. We won't hit him. <laughs> right. Actually, they could. Yeah, they they might have to have to fill the rotation out with Jub and a couple other guys because. Well, they have all that extra international bonus. Right. Money right. Hedges deal, well, so. Hedges. Yeah, he he demands a hefty price of the international bonus money. Wow, right. what an acquisition that was. So anyway, all right, let's jump over to uh, to racing, the true American pastime. Yes. Uh, forget about baseball for a minute, but uh, anyway. So, uh, some things never change. So, Max Verstappen back in the wind calm, as usual. Uh, pretty dominant performance. He didn't start up front, but he sure got there pretty quickly and uh, overtook his teammate, Checo, and they uh, they run 1-2. So, Red Bull back in the double podium finish again in Belgium. Um, observations, you had a great call, Esteban Ocon, to finish in the top 10 and like plus 160. So, thank you for that one. I actually had a... Probably my best weekend of Formula One racing uh, in in several weeks. Uh, between your picks and I had uh, the double Mercedes top six and I had double Red Bull podium, so it was a, it was a pretty good pretty good week. And then Esteban Ocon the, to cap it off. So thank you I for know. That. observations about Belgium. Yeah, it was just the typical. You know, it, it doesn't matter where you put Max; he's gonna be in first. Uh, I thought it was a good race. Yeah, not bad. Uh, Alpine definitely was way better than they have been. They needed a big weekend before they, you know, they're in, on fire right now. As in, like internally, they're just right. a disaster. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, Max has eight wins in a row. I think I, I wrote this down because I was watching on, on TV on lap thirty. Matt, they did a solo shot of Max Verstappen driving, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a car anywhere near right. it was just like they were showing us what the track was for the weekend yeah like he was just out taking a cruise yeah yeah so it was good i mean i don't know if piastri that that was just the disaster turn one yeah he did that to himself uh not the weekend that mclaren needed that's for sure yeah just when they were gain, gaining the momentum and uh you know with the aston martin guys like you mentioned last week coming back to earth a little bit they they bounced back a little bit solid finishes uh probably not quite as good as they hope but lance stroll is just pegged into that 9 or 10 spot. I mean, I'd love to see. So if that car can get ninth or 10th every week with him in it, what do you think it does if they put a little bit better? Actually, uh, most drivers are going to be a lot better than him. He may be one of the worst drivers on the whole circuit. Yeah. I mean, maybe put Mick in there. Put somebody else in there other than your son. Yes. No, I agree. I I think it's a big mistake, and I I think they need to part ways with him. I think he's holding the team back because you you see how important that teamwork is if you run – closer to your teammate it, it seems to lead to much more success than having your teammate gap you by five or more places every single week yeah or, or even if you're asking martin do something crazy just say hey alex below you come race for us try it you that'd know be what awesome I mean? like, do something because lance is not 
You're, no. you're, you're right, Matt. There's a guarantee he's finishing between, I say, 12th and right. not, like 9th. Like he's all, all, all of his point finishes are always either one or two points. Like it's, that's it. Like he's not, I don't know. He's, a, he's, not, he's not good enough. He's not good enough to pass people. And this was a track that you can actually make some passes on. So that, it was a little bit better race than, than most weeks because you had, you had some action out there. So um, now it's summer break time. These guys get to get their body clocks settled down. For instead of traveling from like twenty different time zones, and that that's got to be tough. So, uh, what do you see anybody making any strides out of the summer break when they come back yeah. to the I Netherlands? Ferrari, I hope Ferrari makes some strides because I have here Ferrari has three top tens this year. Yeah, it's terrible. Or not three top tens. I mean three podiums. To- podiums. Me. Yeah, they they're yeah and they finally like, got another one this week. It's like when I texted you the picture that I voted for Carlos Sainz yeah, for right. driver of the day. It's yeah. just like what is yeah. he the worst driver ever, Matt? Or <laughs> Just he just he's just a f- like football follies. Every week he's got something that he does wrong or crazy stupid, and then when he doesn't, when he when he's actually focused, then the car will have a problem. Like it's yeah, that team. I I don't like that team. I don't like their drivers. I don't I I, I don't know how good Charles Leclerc really is. He's okay, but I'd love to see these cars with some other guys. So I really would. I'd like to see Fernando Alonso jump in their cockpit, see what he could do, uh, and a couple of these other guys. But it I I don't know. I I think they need a major overhaul. Maybe not so much in their car, but in their just their driving or whatever kind of like vibes they have in the team camp. It just doesn't seem to be working right for Ferrari. No, absolutely not. And, and McLaren needs to come back from the break and just be consistent the rest of the year. Right, right. Get top five. No top more five, DNFs. Yeah, they no, can't. They no can't more. be. Uh, they they've got to they got to knock that off because they finally got some momentum and then then they. Piastri gives it away after a great performance in the sprint race. So yeah, yeah. he was awesome, man. That's uh, that's too bad. But anyway, we'll take a couple break, a couple weeks uh, break, and we'll be back. Uh, <laughs> imagine that Max gets to stay home and yep. uh, go probably win another one in dominating fashion as they go to the Dutch Grand Prix next. Uh, all right, sticking with open wheel, the uh, Indy guys were off last week after the domination in Iowa of uh, Joseph Newgarden. Newgarden now six to one to win the championship. Uh, Alex Pillow still a minus twelve dollar favorite. He's going to be tough to beat, but if New New Garden's the only guy that can really get to him, and now we head to Nashville. This has been uh, an interesting track for these guys. Uh, Marcus Erickson could he make an appearance? Scott Dixon won the last time out. Um, what do you see? Uh, Dixon's been really impressive here. He won, and then he was second, I think, the year before that. So he's going to be uh, a serious contender. But d- does anybody outside of Pelot or Newgarden win a race anytime soon, other than uh, a few weeks ago when he had that massive upset? But uh, uh, do, what do you see shaking out here in Nashville? I, I, I don't mind this track. I think this is actually suits the Indy cars pretty well. It should make for a pretty good race. Yeah, I agree. This one's a little tough because they've only raced here twice. Sort of a new circuit, but right. three names I, I just can't get away from is Felix Rosenquist, Scott McLaughlin, Alex Pillow. Yep, well, those, those three names stick out to me like sore thumbs. Nothing with Dixon, Erickson, Rosenquist, McLaughlin, Alex Pillow. Well, I uh, I definitely had McLaughlin in there. I I thought he was he was a definite win contender. Uh, I think he's picked up a little bit of momentum recently, so I'm, I'm expecting him to carry it over. But uh, no, I agree with you. I think Pelos just he's just so consistently good right now, and uh, I think he's he's really just showing you, like you mentioned a minute ago about man F1. Somebody might take a shot at him. Like he's he may get to the point where he's dominating this, and he's looking for another challenge. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean he's he's having an unbelievable year. He's he really is sticking out. I mean it's close. New, if Newgarden 
can get one or two more, you know, victories or a better finish than Pelot, then it, it's not over. But Pelot has stood out very much so of uh, the dominant IndyCar driver out of the field. And, and wouldn't you say that that um, that with uh, the way that he has dominated, I mean, New Garden is having a great season, and it's like he's. He's like uh, he's pretty far behind him in the points, and it's like, man, most of the time that would be good enough to to be the the leader right now. Yeah, I mean, you typically don't sweep a weekend, and you're still not in first, right? You know, so that shows how far you know the lead is for Pelot. But a couple more, couple more good races for him, and it's def- definitely his his no doubt. Let me ask you about a couple guys, a couple of dark horse guys that I that I was considering maybe taking a shot at. Colton Herta ten to one, Marcus Erickson's Marcus Erickson sixteen to one. Both these guys have run well here in the in the well at least in the in the two tries they had. Um, and any thoughts on them? Can Marcus Erickson get back into victory lane one time? I would take Erickson over Herta because every time I'm high yeah. on Colton Herta, I feel like you get a mid race they like pan to his car and he's bitching at his dad or he's <laughs> bitching at these engineers or something. Right, it's like right. man, Colton Herta just. He's not. It's, his name has not been up there like it has the last couple of years. So I would take Erickson over Herta, which you know that means Herta is going to be top five, <laughs> right? And I thought it was interesting too because Erickson's sixteen to one, Herta's only ten. Like I, I, I probably won't play Herta because of that that price. I don't love ten to one. Like I feel like he should be uh, a higher price than Erickson. To be honest, uh, Erickson just a better team and just more consistency. I feel like. Yeah, I mean either one though. I feel like Erickson was great. Beginning of the year was hot, and now he can't really get his name back up yeah, closer to that top five. I, I was thinking that maybe he he tries to carry a little momentum into this because he's had some success here in the past. But um, yeah, I, I I don't know. What about guys like uh, Renus VK or Will Power? Any any of these guys? Kirkwood? Can any of these guys contend? Kirkwood could be interesting, maybe. I know, and I look at them. I look at names. Like Ross, like names like Rossi and Ray yeah. Hall stick out to me. Yeah. Those guys always find a way to just squeeze in there. They did it on these previous races. I don't know. It, it's just tough. Like Lundgaard was the victory. Was it a fluke? Was it just a dominant car? Was it him? Right. I, I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see any reason to think that any of the the big guns don't win this race. Um, Barring a, a major meltdown, uh, how about Pato Award? Think he's he's got anything? He hasn't run, he hasn't I, run well here, so I don't I don't know if that's just a fluke or he hasn't. But like every week, he's always getting these. He's he's always eliminated from the race, and he's getting the interview from like <laughs> right. you know the person that when they're out of the infield. Care and Stingray Raw, yeah, more. right. <laughs> yeah. Him, Stingray, and uh, that lady. What's her name? Catherine oh, yeah. Legay or whatever her name yeah. is. <laughs> Poor yeah, woman. but there, he's always getting interviewed because he's got a quick car. He crashes, so yeah, I don't know, man. That McLaren team is—that's why I'm going with Rosenquist. You're right, and, and you identified it with the F1 guys. Is the McLaren consistency is a problem in, across all their teams? You know, an open wheel right now. So I don't know. I'm with you though. I think Pelot is going to be tough to beat, but do you like McLaughlin? I think Rosenquist is a, is a pretty good uh, dark horse in there. So um, we shall see. All right, let's switch over to uh, NASCAR. Let's get the stock car boys here. Uh, another strange outcome race, uh, but I will say it was very evident to me probably about the end of stage two, the beginning of the last stage, 
that the RFK boys had really good cars. That was that was evident. I didn't know if they would be able to win, and I actually had Keslowski, so I was pulling for him, and I actually doubled down on my bet on him in you know in play to get a little bit more down. In, uh, and then he had an issue on pit road, and it was he could never get the track position back. I think his car was good enough to win. It was probably almost identical to Busher's. I know. I can't believe I'm saying this from what I said the first time we met in person. I think he could get a win this year, Kozlowski. Yeah, I no. Know. I said it. I really did say it, dude. It, he looked good. I know, I know. I, I think that momentum of that team, and Brad Kozlowski's a guy who you remember him in his dominating times. Like, when he gets momentum rolling, it's very similar to, like, a Kyle Busch or even a Denny Hamlin. Like, when these guys get it rolling, or Eaton Truax would be another good example, is that they start to contend every single week, so... Um, I'm not saying he's there yet, but this is another track that sets up good for him here in Michigan, I feel like. Yeah, and it's it's funny. You, you, you mentioned this momentum they have. It's like this Justin Haley deal, him going to Rick Ware Racing. So RFK is in alliance with Rick Ware Racing. Right. So if they can figure out these, you know, these engines and get whatever they're doing on that side figured out and pass that along to them. Yeah. I turned on rfk no 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 question about it I, yeah and then that's a really good point because you know we were wondering why haley was making that move and maybe he's seeing the writing on the wall and he's saying hey this team is starting to catch fire and if we're getting the same equipment as they are um you know this may be you know a, a chance for me to be better than where i'm at right now so i while i questioned the move and i think you did too um after you just brought that up and, and mentioned it, it it does make a little bit more sense now yeah, it definitely makes more sense. And if you know, if Haley wants to be the number one driver at his price, right? Then it's probably not going to be from Colleg because Matt Colleg is a businessman and he wants Haley at his price. Sure, no, you no, know? no doubt. So, yeah, so I mean, it probably made sense for for him to, to make the move. But yeah, I think RFK is uh, definitely uh, a team that could be interesting as we push towards playoffs. So Busher cashes at sixty to one, um, and, and and you know Kozlowski ran great too. Um, Four races to go in the playoffs. It's getting down to to where it's uh, starting to be a little nervy for a few of these guys here as we uh, look at the uh, the playoff standings right now. You got Michael McDowell, the last guy in right now. Ty Gibbs on the outside. A.J. Allmendinger, Daniel Suarez. And then two pretty big names, Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman at 20th and 21st. Uh, right now, Kevin Harvick looks like he's probably safely pointed in. And then Brad Keselowski, who's been... Very solid recently and, and is likely to get in on points, but I'm sure he would prefer to get a victory and uh, get in there. Who who wins first, Harvick or Kozlowski or Chase Elliott, I guess, would be the three. It's hard to imagine a NASCAR series now that now that Kozlowski's team has been credible again, but those three guys, as good a driver as they, as they are, it's hard to believe none of them have a win this year. I know, and I think out of the three... I kind of want to go with Keselowski. I really do. <laughs> yeah. I really, really do. Yeah. Stuart Haas hasn't done too much for me this year, and, and Elliott's just been, been yeah, a bad, something, bad something's year off. for him. He, he definitely looks out of sync. Uh, still has a good car, but yeah, something's just not right with him. Maybe he's just not settled back in after after the uh, injury and the, and the suspension and all that stuff. Um I do find it interesting. Kevin Harvick has won three of the last four races here. He's very, very good at this track. Um, 
He's about eight to one. I, I don't love that price with him. So I would lean towards Kislowski again this week too. As a as a guy who I keep betting, you're getting him about twenty five to one. I mean, I I think it, and he I don't think he's ever won at Michigan. If I'm mistaken, he might he might have, but he, he's run very well. He's just never won here, so that would be fitting. Uh, do do you think he could get it done, or can Hart, will Harvick be too tough this week? I don't know because when I looked at the numbers, when you look at the previous winners, it really is. It's like Harvick, 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 right. Harvick, Harvick. He's won here so many times, which is like such an off-putting thing when I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, there's just no way he's going to win this one. Right. No, that may, that's how I, I, I think, think it, too. I just think it's going to be tough. Yeah. I, I really do. I, I really think actually the toughest drivers are going to be Denny Hamlin and probably someone like Kyle Busch. I really yeah. do. No, I, I, I can see that. Um I think Denny Hamlin, Logano, Matt Arlegano, yes, he's getting there yeah. every week. Yeah, no, he is, and he's he's just he's due to to make a you know a big splash, and still getting him at fourteen to one just seems, uh, just seems like a really good price, and it's almost like I have to bet him just on principle, just knowing how good he is. Uh, but you can say the same about Denny Hamlin, but his price is just way too low for me. So I, I mean, Denny Hamlin right now has a lot of momentum; he's racing really well. Um, you had William Byron last week. I feel like he's very dangerous here. I think him, Harvick, and Hamlin are the three like top guys that I would say, but I don't love any of their prices, so I probably won't bet them. Guys that I'm looking at, um, under the radar, I thought, I'm anxious to get your opinion on this. So I was looking back in, in, in with Michigan in, in the new, new car, and uh, guy who was leading laps, running well, has had really bad luck, though, in the last two races, but I thought kind of under the radar was Chris Bell. Uh, he, his finishes have been terrible, but his, but his on-track running, his passes were good, his fastest laps were good, he's led laps, like he's, he's doing good things in the car, and he, I mean, one time he qualified second, so I feel like he's on the cusp, and, and he had a horrible week last week, so I, I like him, I'm going to play him off the bounce a little bit, like 12-1, to 1. I think he's going to be a play, and then another guy I thought not quite as uh, impressive, but maybe a little under the radar was Ross Chastain, what do you say about those two guys? Yeah, I actually have a note here that says Bell or Logano because I was just going yeah. back and forth because they both had similar years, very similar. Right. I, I, I think Christopher Bell, Matt. I think that's a great, a great pick because he's had a good year. He's consistent. He just—it's racing, man. He's had a bad, yeah. bad little string of string of luck. I feel like with him, and he's still very young. I feel like when he has an issue it becomes a big issue like it's he never he's not able to overcome those yet and once he learns how to do that I mean he could he could be maybe the best racer out there uh, I just feel like when he has a mistake it's usually a catastrophic one but if he just keeps the car on, on the track without any blunders yeah his consistency is is fantastic um, a couple of our guys I thought were worth a look um, Ryan Blaney is a guy I think is is ran well here I like his I think him for a top five is a really good play. I think he'll stay out of trouble. I think he's good at these kind of speedways, uh, you know, these big, you know, easy driving speedways. But I just question him going all out for a victory at this stage. I feel like, as we talked before, he's already in the playoffs. I feel like he may pick it back up when it comes playoff time, but I, I don't love him to win. And then um, I thought Eric Jones was worth a look at a top 10. He's 95 to 1 to win the race. Think I don't think he'll do that, but I think he's he's a guy that that I think is is a dangerous top ten pick here, with like plus two seventy. What do you think about Blaney or Eric Jones? 
I definitely like the Eric Jones. I, I have no clue how I feel about Ryan Blaney. <laughs> no, I, I know. Say it, I have right. no clue. But, like, Eric Jones, he's had a, a quiet year. I heard a, a little rumbling that about Legacy Motor Club, okay? Oh. That uh, Noah Gragson, <laughs> there's a chance he's on. I know. I know. He's Jeez. on the hot seat. I was actually laughing out loud at work yeah. thinking about this because I kept imagining <laughs> the Wendy's car under the tires. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Legacy Motor Club is to- is a Toyota. They yes. run Toyotas, and Toyota isn't too high on uh, Noah Gragson, but they're really high on John Hunter Nemechek. So that's a that's okay. a rumbling I heard that Nemechek potentially to uh, Legacy Motor I, Club. I mean, to me, that makes total sense. I, it, I I I have not been impressed with Gragson at all. I thought he was too immature to be at the Cup Series, and not just off the track, but like on the track too. I don't think he's ready. I think he needs to go back to the minor leagues, and I think. John Hunter Nemechek, we talked about it before. His rookie year, if you go back and look at it, yeah, he didn't wow anybody, but he wasn't awful. He was like, okay, he was in the mid, he was in the low twenties to mid teens almost every race. I had him in a fantasy league. He's like my third driver, so so I followed him pretty closely. Like he wasn't horrible. He did, he wasn't good, but he wasn't horrible. And I feel like he's learned a lot since then. I think he would be an upgrade. What do you say? Yeah, I think so. I mean. What do they have to lose? They are, they tried to hire, bring Jimmy Johnson in and spark it up and change the right, name. Right. It doesn't work like that. No. If you're not going to be in the top five, top ten, nobody cares that you're rebranding and changing your name and, and all that stuff. So whatever whatever they can do. I mean, and they got, they secured that. good sponsors, too. Like, Wendy's is right. a good sponsor. <laughs> yeah, the biggie bag under yeah. the tires. I mean, they, sure they love seeing that. You can't turn a game on without seeing a commercial from Wendy's. I mean, it's... It's a good sponsor. I mean, you got, and I know why it is, but like you got Kyle Larson, arguably the best driver in the fucking circuit, and he can't get any other sponsors because of his previous blunder. But right. uh, yeah, I mean, literally has HendrickCars.com for every fucking race except for like every- two the whole the whole like last three years. Like it, it's funny you say that because like when you you put a truck race on, you see the fifty one Hendrick right. in the lead, and it's Kyle Larson. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I, it's, uh, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, uh, thoughts on Chase Elliott. He's around 15-1. to 1. I think it's a playable price, but like you said, he just doesn't seem to have it right now. Yeah, it's it's playable, like, right now on Wednesday. But, like, if you see the qualifying, obviously that right, number's... Right, you're right. He might qualify well, but I, it, like we said, it's a weird year, man. I don't know if it's just in his head, if it's he hasn't been able to get in a routine. Right. I'm sure it's tough. I mean, uh, Hendricks had a lot of weird things happen this year. For as good as William Byron and Larson have been, you had all these issues with Bowman and, and Elliott. It's it's been it's been quite odd. But uh, I would never count those guys out. They got such good equipment. But uh, where? All right, so let let's pick it here. What, who who's your who's your winner? And uh, who are who are a couple of your long shots? My winner. I'm going with Kyle Busch. All right, all right. I like it. All right. How about uh, under the radar, guys? I wouldn't necessarily say under the radar, like because he's kind of a big right. name, but I think potential ju- another Logano top top five. That's yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think I think that's I think that's a really really solid bet. Um, I I think Logano top five, Harvick top ten. If you can get yeah, let's like I don't uh, I'm looking for Joey on this sh- sheet for. Yeah, like Joey Logano top five plus two twenty five to me. That is a fantastic number. Uh, I highly recommend that bet to anybody. I, I just think he's just so steady, and he's going to have a shot of, of contending in the race for sure. Um, anybody else stick out? Any long bombers? Anybody? I mean, I liked Eric Jones a little bit. You said you did too. Uh, anybody else that could maybe 
maybe dabble in and, and I make mean, maybe a, maybe Ty Gibbs. To yeah, be no, honest, because he, he needs because he needs right? the points. And it's funny we were just talking about Gregson. Look what happens when you're on a good team. You're quiet. And you're just you just no work question. hard, man. That's why I mean, I, that's why I felt better with him. I feel like Ty Gibbs, and a lot of it is the product of where he, he came up. Like Joe Gibbs Racing has always been a very steady team, not like a you know crazy behaving owner type team. Like it's very steady. Everybody knows their role, and you figure he learned. He was around that so often. He knew how to be a professional before he even needed to be. And I think he's. Uh, I, I'm very impressed with him. I, I think he's going to really, really uh, be up in the top echelon here uh, pretty quickly as he continues to get more laps under his belt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought JGR was kind of in a weird spot at the beginning of the year with, like, Truex, Hamlin. Yeah, then losing Kyle, yeah. Right. They're, they're in a pretty good spot, actually. Yeah, no, they are. Um, well, we got four races to go before the playoffs. Um, Michigan this week, Indy Road Course. Then we got the Glen, so we got back-to-back road courses, and then we got Daytona. So I mean, nah. that's that's exciting right there in itself. So if you're uh, if you're a guy who's on the on the verge of the playoffs, here here's an interesting thing: you got Michael McDowell who's hanging on. Now Michael McDowell has to be pretty excited about these races that are coming up. He's got two road courses in Daytona, so you, you you figure he's licking his chops. Like okay, even if I don't win. I'm going to have a shot of getting in the playoffs. Uh, Bubba Wallace is in 15th. This track he's been very good at. I, 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 do you think he has a chance to contend in here? And then what I was going to get to is though Michigan and Daytona. He's not a good road racer, so I would count those as potential problems for him. Um, but do you see Bubba contending at all this week, or is it Daytona his best chance of getting in? I think Daytona is the week that Bubba can get in. I think Daytona is going to be a wild wild race i yeah. think daytona in the indy the the, the indy road right. course is going to be nuts because the drivers that are in there i think people are going to be spinning people because there's there's I think there's three drivers in that race that they don't have anything to do with the playoffs they cannot get playoff points. sure sure so i i think that it's going to be like all right chicago was cute you know nice to see you <laughs> but now it's like we're really gonna bump they're really like that turn one at indy matt it's nuts right yeah no um I agree, and I, I think, and again, shout out to NASCAR. They've had a great stretch of exciting races, and I, I think having Daytona as the final playoff, I mean, you couldn't set it up any better than that. I mean, that's crazy. That is uh, exceptional planning by them. But here's here's a couple things that I think are interesting. So you have uh, you got Harvick, who's probably going to point his way in, assuming that more guys don't win. So we have uh, how many winners do, have we had this year? I'm trying to think. There's uh, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12 different winners, I think. So uh, anyway, my point is you have some guys in here who are dangerous. You got Almondayer's a road racer. He's right there. Ty Gibbs, pretty good on road courses. Daniel Suarez has been good on road courses before he forgets how to shift. Uh, Chase Elliott, very good on road courses. And then Austin Sindrick. I mean, you have some guys now who are on the outside looking in who are, are got to be licking their chops. And then you got Brad Keselowski who could win this week. Not the greatest road racer. He can, can road race, but not not probably his favorite thing to do. And then Daytona where he's really good at. So this is uh, this is going to shake up pretty interestingly. I think Harvick will probably be safe. But I think Keselowski may need to win one of these races. And then Bubba and, and McDowell I think definitely do because they're going to have the heat on them from some of these dudes coming behind who are going to be capable of winning uh, the road course races back-to-back weeks. So what do you think about that? We may have a lot of cautions this last week at Daytona. Yeah. There may yeah. be a Will lot there be of anybody left? Yeah. 
I don't know, man, because McDowell, if if he needs it, man, I think he could get in. Yeah, yeah, I really do for sure. And you know, Bubba Wallace is gonna he he has no problems knocking people around. And again, I'm not picking on him. Like there's a lot of guys that like that. I mean, if you have to do it, you have to do it. And you know, Chase Elliott may have a different aggression level too. I think he's got a really good chance though if if they can get him dialed in at one of the, at Watkins Glen or Indy. Um, I think he'll have a chance to, to win his way in. But, I mean, Austin Cindric could steal a playoff spot because he's such a good road racer. And he's a good plate guy, too. He's won the Daytona 500. So he's another guy. If you were, like, able to get odds right now, and some books will have it, like, to make the to make the chase, like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't discount him yet just because of those factors. I know. I wouldn't either. I think you're right. If, if Elliott can get away or get just get any sort of space on these road courses, he'll, he'll, he'll take off. Yeah. I think so. But can they get him to set? I mean, I feel like his setups have been okay, but not great like they have been in the past. But I don't know. Yeah, I guess you can't, like we said, can't ever underestimate uh, the Hendrick team. But uh, if you have to make if you have to make a, a prognostication, um, assuming Harvick gets in, who who are the three guys behind? So if it goes Busher, Harvick, Stenhouse, who who gets who in your opinion right now? And this could change quickly. Who gets the final three spots between Kozlowski, Bubba, McDowell, Gibbs, Almondinger, Suarez, Elliott, Bowman, Cindric? Gibbs. Oh boy, this is tough. <laughs> yeah, I think Kozlowski's going to get in. I do I think too. Kozlowski gets in. McDowell. I'm going with okay, the international right. Michael McDowell. And I, I would be exactly the same. I have two of the same as you. I would go Gibbs, Kozlowski, and then I'm just going to take a chance. I think Elliott will win one of those road races. But I wouldn't count out a lot of them guys. Cindric as well. So, all right. Uh, good stuff. That's that's fun fun discussion. And we, we got a lot more fun racing to go. This playoffs, uh, as you saw last year, with Ross Chastain and some of the things that NASCAR's done as far as the way that these uh, guys can advance it, it really makes for some some fun stuff so uh, we'll stay tuned we're, we're excited about it uh sam any, any parting thoughts and anything else on your mind in the sports world football is around the corner what are you hearing about steelers training camp tomorrow. yes hall of fame tomorrow we try st- is out for the season that's good they lost the rookie cornerback for the season that's good uh <laughs> You know what's funny is they they keep showing all these great catches that like Pickens and these receivers right. make, but the thing that stands out to me is that they're not great throws. Right, right. Which you is know? a problem. It's like why are we not saying, hey, these aren't great throws; these are great catches? Because right. I think the other defensive backs are going to pick that off. So I don't know, man. It's early. I'm still in baseball. I need already to get the. No, I, the I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm getting getting prepared. Uh, we'll do some college football previewing and stuff on the show coming up in the coming weeks, but. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm I'm looking forward to playoff baseball, um, and NASCAR playoffs, and yeah, it, there there's a lot of good things happening out there right now. So, uh, I don't try to get too high or low about NFL training camps, as you know, guys get hurt and, and things, and then the preseason. So, I do like that game under tomorrow, though. I think it'll be like oh, yeah, big ten time. to seven big or something. Uh, I don't yeah. think anybody that's probably going to make the roster is going to be playing a whole lot in that game but uh i'm sure people will be excited you'll see every bar in america packed just because people love to hear helmets cracking against each other and probably half of pittsburgh will be hoping that anybody useful on the browns gets hurt but who knows <laughs> it, it'll be yeah, I mean, it'll I be say good. i won't watch i'll watch yeah no i mean i'll, I'll have it I'll on I'll, I'll check it out but then i'll be like when when it's like 20 straight penalties and stuff and false starting and all that stuff. Right. Uh, then it it looks like the Argonauts it. and the Rough Riders. Right, right, yeah. Then I'll probably flip it over to uh, 
baseball. But that's the beauty of having multiple TVs and screens in the house nowadays. Yeah. You don't have to just right. completely watch only one thing, and you, you can be versatile. You can have it on. You can keep up with it, but you can also listen to other things like Greg Brown going nuts over some stupid thing in a pirate game. But yeah, so all right. Well, Sam, uh, thanks again for joining us. As always, great analysis on every front, and uh, have a great week. And we will see you back here on Better's Last Stand uh, a week from today. Good luck with your bets. Yes, sir, Matt. I'll talk to you. Let's go, Bucks, baby. All righty, go, Bucks. All right, that's Sammy P at Upper St. Clair. We appreciate him joining us as always. Uh, great analysis. Great, great contributor. You can see uh, vast knowledge, follows all, all the major sports uh, very intently and is plugged into to them on, on, on every facet. And it's great to get other people's advice and, and, and things, different looks. And, and I can't emphasize that enough when you're doing betting. Is You don't have to always agree with everybody, but listening to knowledge and making you think about it is so important. You should be challenged every day in your personal life, in your private life or your personal private your professional life you should challenge yourself all the time to try to be better and uh, you know knowledge is power as they say and the more you have the better equipped you are to make decisions whether it's betting whether it's anything in life and uh, I can't emphasize that enough we don't have enough of that in the country people are so uh, hateful towards others who have different opinions than them we welcome all opinions on our shows regardless of any orientation that you want to be uh, we, we want all the opinions we love to debate it I love the debate I love to try to prove people wrong if I feel it's worth doing but in this case we're all trying to get to the same spot here uh, share winners contribute make each other think and uh, provide uh, some entertainment for you so hopefully you enjoy the show Again, check our friends out at ICCAB 304-232-13 or download that app and uh, get your ride arranged today. Uh, the Pine Room guys swear by it. It's the best there is. George the Champ Kettlewell rides in one quite often, and uh, he rides in style. So ICCAB, our friends over there, Phil Savaggio in the group, uh, we really appreciate it. Tate Blanchard, they do great work. Uh, keep supporting them and uh, you know make them your go-to service. Get down to Generations, get our Pine Room Lager, get our Pine Room Burger, but you can get the Lager pretty much anywhere. All the Gumbies, all the places around town, a lot of places have it on draft, the Alpha, uh, so many different places that uh, I can't think of at the, at the very moment. But anyway, get out there, get some Pine Room Lager, enjoy those. Um, we'll be back here next week. Football previews begin. We're going to be starting with the AFC and NFC South and the ACC and SEC. So stay tuned for that. Um, Until then, have a great weekend. Enjoy your uh, sports. Enjoy the uh, summer as school gets ready. High school right around the corner. If you like high school football, be certain to tune in to our show on WKKX, The Watchdog, on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. We talk a ton of college, or college, we will talk college, but we'll talk high school football. We have lines in all the games. Obviously, we're not betting on them, but we compete with each other in fun uh, competitions across our various members of the Pine Room. So um, I'll be getting my numbers ready, my power ratings for high school. Uh, We had a lot of fun with that last year, and we'll be having our Football Fridays show in the future. So stay tuned. Check us out at the Pine Room Studios, all our social media. Thanks to Jub and the crew, everybody who does uh, what they do to make this show possible. Our friends at the Watchdog, Kayleen and Rocky um, and Lola. And we're so thankful, Bob Slider and Howard Monroe. They all do awesome work. So if you haven't heard us on the radio, check that out. Check our podcast out, YouTube. Uh, we're all over the place. And uh, we uh, hope you're enjoying it. And we will see you next week on Better's Last Stand. Good luck to everybody.